I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time. I'm skipping through them. I'd rather listen and change my mind. Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind. Your favorite guys, your favorite lines. Change my mind. I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time. I'm skipping through them. I'd rather listen and change my mind. Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind. Your favorite guys, your favorite lines. Change my mind. Yeah. So, Nick, uh, you're familiar with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with the episode with the the gang? Uh, um, uh, the gang exploits the gas crisis or fixes the gas crisis? I'm not that familiar with it. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that? No, that's, I'm thinking of a different one. No. Well, it, they discuss in that the dynamics of friendship and what friends assume what different characters. So you have like the face, the brains... Okay, uh, yeah. The muscle, the wild card, et cetera, those type of things. So, you know, kind of based off of that thinking, um, what would you, which one would you be in your, you know, childhood group of friends growing up? So the face, the brain. Well, not just necessarily those, but, you know, how do you fit in? What was your dynamic? What was your role? And those are just more examples as like a jumping off point. I, I'd probably say somewhere between either the brain or the heart. I wouldn't say I'm the, the smartest. The heart. I wouldn't okay. say I'm the smartest, but I'm very uh, aware of other people's feelings. Well, so so I, I would say the brain would be like the ideas man, the one who kind of comes up with the ideas for the group, and then everyone else, you know, kind of I mean, like follows suit. My high know? school friends weren't necessarily the brightest bulb either. So that's wow. You know, so we, hopefully they're well, not listening to this right now. Yeah, it's fine if they are. They know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but I'd probably say more heart because that's kind of trans- translated across everybody pretty much that I've come encounter with. What about you? I think I'd be, uh, you know, the, the humor guy, the guy who's usually trying to break up, uh, you know, uh, a fight with a, a joke or an argument with a little bit of a joke, uh, usually a little bit more laid back, uh, kind of goes with the flow sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I think we have, you know, everyone kind of figures out their dynamics and how everyone kind of works with one another. And I always I always think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't I I I, I could see you being the humor. Yeah, sure. yeah. so I would think, you know, just kind of like... Definitely the funnier one here. Hey, man, you know, let's just go with the flow. Let's just kind of, you know, there's no need to get upset. Just relax. Just relax, yeah, man. We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I like you, man, but you're you're crazy. Yeah. Um, I know how about Tim? Is, uh, you know, I know Tim's doing a couple things here. We got a, a new aesthetic with uh, Tim Weisberg, the man in the chair here. Yeah, well, unfortunately, the YouTube's just a pain in the ass. So, oh, I forgot to turn your mic on again. It's because you know, it's been two weeks. Go ahead, Tim. So I'm looking at the videos on the WBSM YouTube channel. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing it in the second row. So you're not getting it on yours, huh? Nope. Nope. Not seeing it you're at like all. You're like 35 rows down, but I'm seeing it in the second row. Hit what? refresh again. See if it. I don't know what the hell is going on with these, this. These technical issues. It's so stupid. That's what happens when you got live radio, it's you YouTube, know? It's YouTube's fault. Yeah, it, yeah, well, it's definitely YouTube's not fault. ours. They that's, do that's so many sure. good, good things for us, but... Yeah, I guess they can't be perfect, right? But yeah, no, Tim, I'm not getting it, so just email it to me, and then I'll tweet it out to everybody. But if you're listening to us on audio, whether it's... Um, you know, the day after, or, you know, and, and Geeks Worldwide, SoundCloud, or uh, iTunes, or of course at the at Change My Mind Pod, which you can find on Apple or anywhere where you can find your uh, download your favorite uh, podcasts. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, episode twenty two. Twenty two. Twenty two. The Deuce Deuce. Oh, that was my that was uh, my number when I was in Little League growing up, and then high school, I think, for basketball. I was a big fan of the number twenty two. Liked twenty one a lot too. Why twenty one? I don't know. I just I like the look of it. 22 I liked, but it was it was kind of like a fat number. 
22. Yeah. It's a big, you know, because it's two twos are very yeah. big that make up, you know, the on the jersey. I could see, yeah, I could see that. You know what? The thing is that I always associate it with Mark Pryor. Remember him from the Cubs? Oh, of course. And that dude had, stud. he had some gigantic calves, so I just never would think of. Well, that's, that's what me and Mark Pryor have in common Yeah, he, ex- Yeah, exactly. You got to get some high baseball socks and just walk around wearing them. You know what? When we play basketball, high socks. Bam. All you. Yep. Just no. <laughs> Ready. <laughs> that's like all I own is high basketball socks. I'm talking like, like. Up to above your calf, so it really accentuates. Oh no! So that's like that's like you know baseball socks at that point. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some guys used to wear those. Like uh, T Mac used to wear them, I think. Yeah, but I also think those are like leg sleeves more than camera. like high socks. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, I can just scooch my chair down a little no, bit. No, so. no, no. That was totally Wes's fault when he threw his leg up on oh, the counter. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, yeah. really? It was. Uh, it was. It was for emphasis. We're, yeah, we're yeah. we're we're on a. Like a feather over here on this camera. Ah, uh, yes, a finely placed I, house of cards. What are you cards. doing? Trying to fix the chair. You were man. fine. It, no, but I, I scooted down afterwards. We we are clearly out of our element here, as we've been outside of the WBSM studios, of course, located in beautiful Fairhaven, Massachusetts, think, for two weeks now. Not being in pitch blackness outside the windows. Right. So yeah, it's too. no longer in the witching hour. We are out of the safe harbor. So I definitely have to tune up what I usually say. I, of course, am uh, Wesley Sykes, and. Uh, Across the table for me is the uh, the Bernie Taupin to my Sir Elton John. <laughs> oh, Nick really? Fryer, yes. Really? You, you're sure you're comfortable telling people that now? Sir Elton John is no, a fantastic rock and roll star. I don't think he understands the relationship between Bernie Taupin and Elton John. That was well, the, Lover, correct? No. no. Oh, I thought it was. <laughs> I, I assumed. He was the songwriter. Oh. And, and best friend. See, people don't realize Elton John didn't write the lyrics to those songs. Right. Uh, okay, I did not. But know had that. you seen Rocket Man, like I have this, like I did this past weekend, mm-hmm. uh, that would be a nice. Cause I did not know that coming into it. I always thought Elton John wrote his own stuff. I am very excited to hear your thoughts in this movie because I know you were excited once. It, once we saw the previews for it, you thought about big, big Elton John fan. Really? Yeah. You know, and this is going to sound like a bit of revisionist history here, but, you know, my parents can vouch for this. There was a time as a kid where I thought, you know, of course, Elton John, gay man growing up, uh, you know, I, I that's all I knew him as. And, of course, the Tiny Dancer song, which I can has jumped up with uh, popularity. I used to think it was Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza, because I was thinking, like, well, he's from, like, the 80s. And One then, of our interns thought the same thing. Yeah, and it's a very common thing, but as a kid, I remember thinking that, because he, he's a gay man. Tony Danza was, you know, who's the boss fame? Like, I thought that could have been, you know, like a, a cry out to, uh, you know, the boss. Mm-hmm. The real boss. The real boss. Yeah. Not George Steinbrenner. No, or or Bruce Springsteen. Oh. That's Bruce Springsteen's nickname? The boss, yeah. Yeah. How are you a baseball writer and you no, don't know anything I, about I, Bruce Springsteen? I hate that whole narrative. And I'm not a baseball writer really anymore. All I write about is basketball. Oh, balance. okay. Well, yeah. But, but you know, that's you, that's what your bread and butter is. You fair know? point. You cut your teeth on there. Fair point. The I, moment has passed now for me to do my Tony Danza impression. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no it's, it's, it's allowed. Yes, you All brought right. it up. <clears throat> hey, Angela. <laughs> Not bad, right? That's pretty good. It's a little bit of a Rocky Balboa in there, but I get it. I get hey, it. Oh, no, that, that's yeah. That's a Rocky's mo- way more drawn out. I can't do a good Rocky. I yeah. did it. I could. That, that's one way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite favorite Tony Danza role? Uh, the garbage picking, field goal kicking, Philadelphia phenomenon. Sure. He, he was also in Angels in the Outfield. Of course. He's he's quite the sports movie hero. Wait, what was he in Angels in the Outfield? I believe he was one of the pitchers. Yeah, he's one of the players oh, on the team. Oh, yep. Okay. Okay. 
I haven't seen that. We, I know we. we uh, who is it that I drafted? It was uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yes, who stole that from me? You know, he was actually flying on Angel's wings. Yeah, that was a steal and a half right there. Left fielder, if I'm not mistaken. I had no idea that he was uh, that he was in that movie till we did the draft. I know. Well, it's it's a it's a really star-studded cast. If you think about, it. I believe it was uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt who was in there as well, mm-hmm. the little boy. Donald Glover? Donald Glover. No, no, Danny, no, no. Danny Danny's, Glover. The, Danny's the old one. Yeah. Okay, no relation either, right? No relation. Christopher Lloyd? Yes. Tony Danza? Mm-hmm. That's pretty, pretty... That's good. Impressive Matthew cast McConaughey right there. in there. I believe uh, Adrian Brody's in that one, too. That's a nice poll. Real? Oh, you know, you're right. He is Big in Big-nosed actor. Well, I can't remember his role, but I remember looking it up yeah. and seeing that. Yeah. yeah, he's in there, yeah. That is an impressive cast. How so many Oscar winners are in Angels in the Outfit? Right, yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, it's a good launching pad, uh, of course. Apparently. Well, at some Do point- we have the live stream up, if I may interject? Do we have that going? Can yes. I plug this net? Yes. yes. So, yeah, hopefully now that we're it's out there, you're following along on WBSM's 1420 AM's YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, I believe it's the second week in a row where uh, we've had a live stream where you probably missed out on my fantastic calves well if you just you know when it goes up afterwards it's going to be saved as a regular right. video and yeah you can go okay it's go the back very up. beginning uh, the easiest way if people want to know when you guys are going live with the show is to subscribe to the wbsm youtube channel and then you will get an alert as soon as the show goes live That's yes good point what about on the app does that work there too does that happen on the wbsm app yeah no okay. it's just just through youtube okay okay that's still that's we can just, we can set alar- alerts. I just couldn't set an alert tonight because I still had news alerts scheduled. Right, right, right. Of early. course, because yes, we bumped it up We're um, a little bit earlier today. You know, yes. we got we got busy schedules in our lives. We're all running around uh, juggling multiple hats. I would say yes, yes, for damn sure. But what I was going to say real quick before yeah. we move on to the news was right. that at some point we got to do that basketball draft, like we said. So if it gets if we get right. a point where there's not a lot going on, sure, I think that would be a good idea. But maybe maybe NBA free agency time. Uh, well, that's coming you know, up next who week. Who knows? Well, and we talked about well, we talked about that other idea. Maybe we want to do so. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll toss it up. Okay, we'll, we'll toss, toss it up here. Toss up for sure. Okay, so uh, what do we got today? We're going to be breaking down uh, based off of a rousing Twitter conversation between Nicholas and I. Uh, the best movie soundtracks. All right. So that's something to lo- really uh, to look forward to. So some real rousing uh, soundtrack conversation here. Thank you, Jimmy Fox. Yes, <laughs> yes, of course. But before that, we have uh, some new news. And uh, I don't know, really know how I feel about this. Avengers Endgame is re-releasing in theaters and adding maybe five minutes of new feature, of new uh, un- never-before-seen footage. This is a call to arms by Kevin Feige saying, guys, listen. We gotta beat Avatar. You don't like James Cameron. He's talked smack about all the superhero stuff. He wants it gone. I feel like he's not even trying to hide it, what he's trying to do. It'd become nope. like the most popular or the most uh, you know, seen and, and highly grossing film of all time. I agree. I'm all about it. I support it fully. I might even go see it because I haven't seen it a second time myself. Haven't made time. Well, see, okay, so that's a little bit understandable. If you've only seen it once, you want a chance to go back. So I, I have seen it twice. Okay. Uh, that's how. Yeah, then why would you? My slow my life was at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> that back, that was in April, right? Uh, yeah, in April. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It has been. Yeah. I haven't had that time. I don't even know. I don't know if I'll be able to do it now because we got Spider Man coming up soon. <clears throat> we got possibly another movie this weekend that we might go see. Right. So it's. Yeah, you know, and it's all it's all catching up, and everyone's got plans in the summer. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Pretty much, I would say so. That's a pretty fair statement. Yeah. So I just think, like, now, if you go and see this because you just want to go see it again, mm-hmm. I get it. But, like, are people really going to jump back in and pay X amount of dollars to go see the five new minutes of footage? 
Like, is that your, if that's your driving force, are you going to go and see, you, you know what I mean? I wouldn't, but I feel like there is a decent chunk of people well, in yeah, America you get that the stands. Would. You know, you got the, the, the Marvel stands and everything, which I get. Yeah, it, it's five minutes, though. I mean, seriously, if, if it's not five minutes of some kick-ass action or, I don't know, if something serious happens in the course of the movie, then, I, and even then, you can't go and have something serious happen. So it's got to be some, some awesome action. That's really it. Don't give me, like, two more minutes of jokes. That's not right. that's not enough. I'm sorry. No, I want to see something significant. But if it was significant, it would have been left in there, too. But I'm sure there's some action sequences that they could have afforded to leave out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's usually this, some of the stuff that goes, maybe a joke here or there. I would hope that it would be more of the final fight scene. Yeah, that's that's definitely what and I that's want. what I would imagine where they would they would so do it. Would you so you, let's say you've seen it once like I have? Would you then go see it a second time now that it's being re released? Because I understand now you wouldn't. Um, no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go see it. Yeah, I'd wait. Is it in any way because of the fact that Feige is? Basically saying, come on, guys, let's beat Avatar. Yeah, it's a little like, uh, you know, we use this term a lot around here. A little too on the nose. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a little shameful. It's like, put your hands out there. Please just give me your money so we can be number one because I'm sure I have somewhere in my contract. If I have the highest grossing film of all time, I'd probably get, you know, a little bit of bonus, a little bit of kickback. Do you think he needs more money, though? I think if- I think if you have an opportunity to make more money, you work in the sports world. Yep. Uh, you're never going to turn it down. No, this no is matter true. how much money you make. This is true, but I think I think it's more of a pride thing than anyone else. Anything else, he wants to beat Cameron. Now, let me ask you: with the the new footage, you said it was what five minutes? You believe? It yeah, was? I would say at most, no more than. So, what would be enough for you to look at it and say, "All right, this is worth my time"? It would have to be something along the lines of like the BVS Snyder cut. Okay. Which doesn't exist. Right. Oh. But, you know, like if it was something like that that's mm-hmm. been highly touted after some time, and it's like, all right, well, now I want to see what his original thought process was. But if it's something as inconsequential as a few minutes and a couple extra fight scenes. The Snyder stands out there? Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I'm not sure if he's really, the, like, he's kind of problematic now. Hasn't he gotten canceled? Like, doesn't he have, maybe Tim can help us out with that. Does he? He may be, but I, I thought know. he came under some. Uh... No, I think he's clean. Ratner's not. Yeah, oh yeah. Ratner's oh, you mean like that? Oh, that, I don't. Yeah, think Ratner's yeah. on. It's a problem. But I, I don't know. I mean, I think part of the uh, allure with trying to beat Avatar might be knowing that there's two new Avatars coming out. Sure. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like when you created this movie that is pretty much universally loved, and where. You know that it's already going to be a big seller when it comes out on video, and it's it's kind of like what else? What other benchmarks are there? So I don't think it's necessarily like a cheap thing to re-release it. I think it's more like let's just keep seeing where this can go. You know what I should? I guess then why not just leave it in theater? Well, that's what I was going to say. I should have looked this up beforehand. I I feel like Avatar was out for. Ever yeah. when it came out, because I, when I saw it, it had been in theaters for a long time. It took a while for me to see it. So right. I wonder if it's like, let's match how many weeks it was out. We thought we could beat it without it. I thought we, I thought they could get, beat it, it was without it. There, yeah. It seemed like it out the gates. It was no questions asked. But Avatar just somehow sustained it over a period of time. I, I didn't. I never checked that. Um, but I would be curious if that's if that had that's part of the reason why. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels a little cheap to me. You yeah. had anything else you want to clean up on that? No, I mean, I'm sure those five minutes will show up on YouTube. Right, exactly. Does that affect your opinion, though? Like, let's say that Avengers was in theaters for 10 weeks and Avatar was in for 13. No, because I personally didn't like Avatar. 
It was a ripoff of Fern Gully or Pocahontas. You know, Pocahontas. Yeah, take your pick. But what I mean, just... but what I mean is, if, if Avengers goes and says, if uh, if it's like you know, we're gonna do three more weeks, just like Avatar did, have the same length to the may the best man win. So you know what's gonna happen next? I guess is Cameron's gonna guess. re-release Avatar. Yeah, yeah, sure, right? Yeah, we're like, gonna get you ready for the sequels. Yeah, yeah. Do you, they don't even have they don't even have uh, like stands for that though, right? Like, they, pe- I, there were people at the time who loved it. We saw it was I liked very it. much along the same lines as Avengers, where people were going multiple times and coming back in the theaters to go see it again. I mean, it was I, I liked and it. It's a great think piece, and it means so much for on our current culture today. And was it is that what people said? I, that's what I remember. I remember there's a lot of uh, nose turning to uh, it. We we go pretty in depth on stuff on this podcast. I, I mean, I, look, I was a kid when that came out. As were you, right? We we didn't have but, a podcast back in. No, the- but I just never. I mean, even th- looking back on it now, it's like, yeah, I see how there are some deeper things, but a think piece. That's where. <sighs> You know, we, we get in depth on this show, but man, we, like I hate the fart sniffers who are just like, this is a, a in-depth commentary on the society and the problems that we have in American culture and the separation between races. I just like, come on, man. Like, you, you want to talk about this stuff, fine, but just don't sound like a dink when you do it. Yeah, just, I hear you. It's, it's so stupid. Um, but there's some other Marvel news, too, that came out, right? Very interesting. I mean, this has got to be the hottest guy uh, in, in the Hollywood showbiz right now. Mind-blowing. Uh, Kevin Feige says he's been in talks with Keanu Reeves about somehow incorporating him into the MCU. Is anybody having, like, a better resurgence, kind of a, a second run go round in Hollywood than Keanu Reeves his last... Not that I can think of right now. I don't know, five I mean, years, I six mean, years? Stallone's been... Had a pretty decent resurgence. For sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, with, is, with Creed. different, though. Yeah. This is different, for sure. This is... It's very rare that you get somebody that's universally beloved. And he is, like... He's at Tom Hanks status right now. Oh, yeah. Where, like, everybody loves him, and it helps that, you know, he's such a good guy in right. real life. Too. You ever yeah. see him take like, photos with uh, women? He like has his arms around, but he never touches. He kind of has that like force field, or oh, like really? keeps the hands closed, and like he's and 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 by the way, uh, the fact that he is willing to go back and do Bill and Ted, which they just started filming, right? Bill mm-hmm. and Ted three, like that just shows that he's he's humble when he you know recognizes his roots, and uh, but I think you know it's it's very interesting to see the reaction that people have to him when he's never really gone away. No. Yeah, but he dipped. You know, he had a little dip there. Well, I think because he got artsy, right, to some degree, and uh, and I think now he's kind of like, you know, I'm I'm just gonna make popcorn movies. But it's really like a third career arc if you think about it, right? Because he had like the Point Break fame, and then I feel like it dipped a yeah, little like bit. Late and 90s then, Johnny and then, Mnemonic and all that stuff kind of was people were down on him. But he always so was it late late 90s, early 2000s with the Matrix movies, and then he was doing some rom- romantic movies right. with that. Um, and then, yeah, and then he kind of... Came back with John Wick. Went away a little bit, yeah, and John Wick John brought him Wick. back. But my, my question is, you know, where, you know, oh where God, do God. you see him playing? What what role do you see him? What, what's, your, so, what's your breakdown? What's your scouting report of Feige here? If you follow Boss Logic on Instagram or Twitter, he's one of the more impressive artists out there. He does a lot of stuff with Marvel. He does a lot of basketball stuff, too. He's done some mock-ups of uh, Keanu as Wolverine, but he's done a lot of people as Wolverine, okay, I too. I can kind of see that. That's one that we get a lot, but... I don't know how tall Keanu Reeves is, and I, I can pull it up in a second. I, I feel think like, he's tall. I feel, like, yeah. I feel like we actually talked about this, like the last time we didn't do a um, 
a uh, visual portion mm-hmm. of the show. Not last episode, but prior. And I, I think he's, yeah, I think he's like six foot one. I don't want that. I mean, I, I want a good actor for Wolverine, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but I'd like a guy who's a little bit shorter in this case just because that's what Wolverine is. That is, you, There are certain features with characters that are important. There are some that aren't. Like Other than that, I don't care what Wolverine looks like. I, he's got to be a little hairy. But I mean, he's got to be muscular too, and I think That's he's important. more, uh, you know, slim, athletic than muscular. Right. You nailed it on the six foot one. Okay. But an inch shorter than Hugh Jackman. And it, okay, that's good. But I mean, compared to, I mean, in, in Hollywood though, Tim, they played Hugh Jackman shorter than he really was though too. I felt you like you could do that. You can make that happen. Yeah. That's all camera. They, they did, you, him, yeah. did you feel like Hugh Jackman was short? Um, well, you know, I I was able to sustain my level of disbelief. Okay. With fine. that, you know, because yeah. because I thought he just portrayed everything else very well yeah, about it, He uh, wasn't Wolverine. short, he just wasn't tall. It, yeah. didn't, it didn't bother me that much. I would just like to see someone who's a little bit, you know, more on, on the strippy side. But even then, like, that, yes, you're right, it's not a huge deal. The guy who I want to see and I saw, I don't remember, it might have been Casey Walsh, my, you know, editor mm-hmm. at Teach Worldwide. It might have been him, but somebody definitely proposed... Um, Moon Knight. I would love to oh, see. Oh, yeah. I would like that to, could be interesting. I think Keanu, he's got the gun work. Yep. And he's in the whole thing with uh, the being insane. He's. A, I'm curious how Keanu would, would portray that, you know, dealing with the multiple personalities because um, Keanu is usually kind of one. Right. So I, I part of me thinks that he could do he could do Mark Spector well, but I don't know about the other characters. So I'm, I'm right now that's kind of where I'm at. I'm trying to figure out if that would work. What do you got? So I thought I thought Magneto could be an interesting choice. That wasn't my first thought, but when you brought up Wolverine, I was like, whatever, whether the X Men, maybe a, a Cyclops, if it, you know you're introducing them from another di- dimension, kind of uh, entering the you know going off of Avengers Endgame where the different uh, timelines were opened up. Uh, maybe that's possible. But those are two kind of last minute things that I thought of. The, the first initial one, and you kind of mentioned it with his uh, tonality and mm. kind of flat levelness. Uh, is the Silver Surfer? Yep, that one. Would, that one I think would he work. Could bring the surfboard from Point Break. I feel like personally, I'm not a huge Silver Surfer fan. Now maybe that's um, maybe you go and maybe having Keanu play that role makes him a little bit uh, more entertaining for some people. I yeah. just I feel like it'll be wasting the character. I like your Cyclops call. I think a I bit think more. the Silver Surfer is like one of the best things about Fantastic Four. Yeah, but I don't like Fantastic Four. Right. Like under well, then you got him, you got Doctor Doom. You said they want to bring in, you know, I think it's pretty obvious that they want to bring in Galactus and somehow. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, timeline-wise, I think that plays out. I don't think he- The other name I heard thrown out, and I don't really, really know him from uh, the Contest of Champions, is Sentry. I don't know Sentry well. Yeah, but that was, I saw that floating around. Someone throw that idea yeah, on Twitter, I, I forget who. I don't know if he's an Eternal, but the, I've seen him him thrown around for Eternals, too. Like mm-hmm. that's that's So maybe that's what it is. But I, you guys don't think he, he couldn't pull off, because uh, you bring up Fantastic Four, I think of Doom, I think of um, uh, Reed Richards. Yeah, I, don't, mm-hmm. I mean, Reed Richards is a guy who I'd, I think Krasinski I'd like to see play, because that's a and that's been floated around so much that it just feels like the right fit too. Right, you I, know, like it, it feels like you you already kind of know him as that because you've seen so many artist renderings yeah, and different photoshops. It, it of him. makes sense, but do you don't think Keanu could play either Doctor Doom or or uh, Reed Richards? Right, I'm trying to kind of wish that. I, I think he could be Doctor Doom if of any of the two. If any of the two, uh, the thing is, is they're not going to put him in an ensemble. 
mm-hmm. because he's Keanu Reeves. Right. right. So right. you're not he's gonna be somebody who's gonna be his own standalone hero that will either be the main centerpiece of a film or will just be a cameo. Okay. And so it's gotta be one or the other. It's not gonna be somebody who's kind of middling as part of a team. So I could see him as Ghost Rider. Oh, that could to be interesting, to, yeah. And it's gotta be a main you know, it's got to be a, a brand a unto titular itself. Titular character. Yes, it if can't. You will. It can't be. It can't be somebody in obscurity. It's got to be somebody that is. You know, that's why Silver Surfer might work because it would. It would. You He's know, whatever the anti hero. You can bring him in as like an antagonist early on, who comes over and then he works his way in. And it would. And the whole movie would hinge on his performance, right? And yeah. that's what it's going to have to be. It's like you know, it's like you wouldn't put Johnny Depp in a in a ancillary role in a film, right? And Keanu Reeves has that same kind of screen presence. But Adam Warlock, that's another name that's been floating around for Guardians Volume 3. Mm-hmm. Oh, That okay. hasn't hit. Yeah, you've been you've been dying for Adam I'm Warlock. I'm a big Adam Warlock fan. I like that. I like the idea of that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that could work too. I, I'm a Moon Knight guy, so that's why I'd like to see that. And Keanu seems to pull off everything well. I just... I've been sitting on that one for a little bit trying to figure out if well, it would I just work. Think I just it, I'm know. not sure how how Moon Knight works his way in because they've obviously made a concerted effort to go more cosmic and into space. And I'm not sure what Moon Knight's... Yeah, uh, he's more of like a Defenders type. Yeah, you're right. And I don't know. I, and the, Knowing that too, them slowly moving towards cosmic, I don't like that. Yeah. I, that's... I, I mean, I, I'm going to watch the movie still, but I'm not going to be as into it as much because... Well, you think about what, what are the main properties that they have are now are, you know, Guardians. Yep. Uh, you know, you still have Thor in the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Captain Marvel, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that's where everything... How do you utilize those characters best for everyone, myself included, who said you know, the misuse of Captain Marvel in Endgame, obviously it's tough to kind of know what you're working with when you make Endgame before Captain Marvel... But, you know, that's how you utilize them at their full potential, those those characters, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't like the cosmic characters as much, and I feel like most people are in alignment with me on that one because you look at the characters that do so well. Oh, Guardians are cosmic. I think that's one of their best properties. They did well, but, I mean, I'm just talking about all time. You look at Iron Man. Is he? A, I know he could be cosmic, but yeah. he's not a cosmic character. No, no. Batman, and I know it's DC, obviously, but you not a cosmic character. Because um, you go into cosmics, you start dealing with... With some overpowered characters, characters who aren't maybe as relatable, you know, Guardians are well known to the general audience either, right? And, and you look at Guardians, why why do they do so well? Well, I think the as much as I love Rocket and he's my guy, you're not doing well without the Earth guy. As much yeah. as he turned into a you know part celestial, I mean, it, without Peter Quill, you know, sure, you're yeah, not, you're not doing as well. Chris Pratt. By the way, real quick, um, I just checked on Box Office Mojo how long Avatar was in theaters and how long Avengers Endgame was. So Avengers Endgame was in for 8.6 weeks, 60 days, which whatever. Um, how long do you think Avatar was in theaters? I, I know I'm putting you guys on the spot right here. Well, watching it felt like a week. <laughs> I would say 16 weeks. It was two hours and 40 minutes long. 16 weeks. Okay, Tim, what do you think it was? I'd say not that long. That seems like a long time. Four months in a theater. Yeah, that's a good point. I'd, I'd yeah. say I'd say probably. I'll stick with it. I'd say ten weeks. West was closer. It's it was in there for thirty four weeks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. two hundred thirty eight days. Okay, see, are they counting, like, are they counting like the Bijou in Fairhaven, like the discount theaters? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it must I, be. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, but it says here on Box Office Mojo, release date December eighteenth. Um, close date August 12th uh, Obviously December of 2009 And then August of 2010 Wow And I'm pretty sure I saw it towards that Like the July portion of that Maybe June It felt like it was in the summer when I saw that movie So yeah 
I mean, we go by Box Office Mojo on most stuff. That's true. I, I trust Box... That's the one to go to. Yeah. If I can go back to, to Nick's point that he made about, you know, the cosmic films and Guardians doing well, I think that was an outlier for the for for the idea of having these cosmic lesser known characters. Yeah. Because I heard they were doing a Guardians movie and I was like nobody's going to go see that cuz nobody knows those characters. Right. It was the performances in that film that made it a success. And so I think but they I got lucky But I also think it was how they were able to do it and how they were able to present it as well. If you can do it in a way that's relatable and that kind of keeps these uh, characters grounded in some way, you know, I think that is their jumping off point, their foundation. So if we can make the Guardians of the Galaxy you know, no one really knew about there was this lesser comic than if you have someone like the Silver Surfer, Adam Warlock, what? Sentry, some of these different characters. Thor's a perfect example of what what it is that they have to do. What West they have a higher about. base. Right. West, Thor is an overpowered character, but the second that they turn him into a relatable guy, and you're and you're relying a ton on his performance and how he kind of changes the interpretation of the character. Then he just becomes much more successful, and now he's. Yeah. I mean, he skyrockets to people's depth, uh, not people's power rankings for characters in the MCU. So Keanu Reeves just popped into my head for two potential characters that he could be, and both of them are frontline characters, but they just are buried with other Marvel properties right now. Okay. He could either be Daredevil or the Punisher. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously the Punisher where you see John Wick, you know, that's an easy... Yeah, uh, I, that might be too, as as uh, Wes would say, on the nose. Yes. Yep. But I could see him being see either character. Daredevil. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I, don't, I don't... Maybe as Daredevil. I mean, I don't know. I want like, I don't know. I I I, I liked Charlie Cox's Daredevil, but I felt like right. he was too whiny at times. So maybe I would like Keanu Reeves a little, whiny, a little yeah. more. I want, but like, he's the best, uh, you know, port- portrayal that we've had of had Daredevil. We've had two portrayals. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> Why? Who's the best? Who's the, the other one? Ben Affleck. Yeah, and and, and, and Charlie, Charlie Cox. Cox. No, yeah. there's, there's been three. You keep forgetting about the trial of the Incredible Hulk, Nick. They're course, on YouTube. Yeah. You can watch them for free. It's fantastic, yeah. The Trial of the Incredible Hulk and Don't the Return like of the Incredible Hulk. That. You have no idea what he's talking about. Tim, turn no, the camera off my face. You have trial, it on just yeah. me right now. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, terrible at directing tonight. No, 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 it's okay. I um, I, I don't... When is that from? Those are the... the so, you know, the 1970s uh, Incredible Hulk TV series. Okay. When they, they brought it back as some TV movies in the 80s. And in the first movie, uh, The Incredible Hulk Returns, he teamed up with Thor. And, uh, and I believe against Kingpin. And then in the third movie, well, maybe the third movie they went against Kingpin, but in the third movie, it was The Trial of the Incredible Hulk. This is on YouTube. And it was, and Daredevil was his lawyer. Oh, okay. Was yeah. it Daredevil or was it Matt Murdock? Well, Matt Murdock Do was we his see lawyer, Daredevil? but Daredevil, yes, Daredevil is in the movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, my thing is that, I don't know, I just always felt like Daredevil was a little bit more badass, but I think that's my, I think it's a me issue. He's I, pretty I, badass in this Hulk movie. Is he? It's probably a better portrayal than than Ben Affleck. I don't know. Least. You know what I'm talking about, Wes? How he's like, so he gets so whiny at times. Yeah, he's a little whiny. You know, like a, you know how I feel about the the Netflix Marvel TV shows. I think they're a bit of a slog as it was, but yeah, I would say that's right. It's because they don't mean anything. The well, end. yeah, and they're just too long. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, even what was it? Wasn't Daredevil season two a little shorter than the other ones? Nah, it could have been. It's all yeah, either washed way. together at this point. Anyway, but you had one last thing, a little bit of news before we got into the yeah. So stuff, there's right? a reason why I brought up "It's Always Sunny" from the top in the opening question here. It's it's been on my mind, uh, if you will. Ooh. Um, season fourteen of "It's Always Sunny" started filming. Fourteen had a release date set of September twenty fifth on uh, FXX. Personally, my favorite show on TV. I'm not sure if you watch it all that much. I believe uh, Tim does. Huge fan. 
Um, Glenn Howerton is expected to be in this entire season, which I thought was one of the key components of that kind of made season 13 not as enjoyable. How often was he in there, would you say? How often? Yeah. In that, last, the last one? Yeah. Um, I thought he was in every episode. But, like, sparingly. And he, he wasn't in the final one. I'll have to go back and watch. Yeah. I just remember the first one where, and he they wasn't in the first him. one until the end. And the, but he's he's kind of in some of them, and he's kind of out because he was filming AP Bio, so he was kind of in and out. And I think when they came out ahead of season thirteen, saying that he wasn't going to be involved, I think they kind of listened to some of the backlash and came, you know, retconned him back into a couple scenes. Oh, I, I just I love the way they did it in the first episode of the season. Is yeah, that, that's the one where he's like, "Oh, hey guys, I'm back." Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Okay, yeah. Wow. wow, that feels like that was um, a long time ago. Jeez. But I, I, to me, he's the linchpin of the show. He's the the reason why I watch. He's a, you know, I think the best developed character. And of course, we've kind of talked about this, and I'm sure a lot of places that have covered it's always sunny uh, say they, um, you know, are start out as multifaceted characters and then they eventually just lynch onto one trait and extrapolate that over the course of the you know next 10 11 12 seasons mm-hmm. the one person who i will say probably gets the most normal was charlie day yeah uh who was the the oddball the, the weirdest one the yeah the most <laughs> off the wall one to start although the super bowl one right yeah was, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was totally charlie yeah that was that's a good one there but also noteworthy of it's always sunny uh you know filling in crossing over to the uh, seems legit podcast content oh, here thank you uh rob mcelhaney mac uh finally got his catch with chase utley this past week so happy for him uh he threw out the first pitch at the philadelphia phillies game and of course chase utley was there so got kind of fulfilling a lifelong dream to have a catch with uh, his friend maybe they became uh like a father-son duo i think they hugged <laughs> yeah and they didn't stick their butts out either when they hugged too. right no no they just they pressed up one another firmly oh, yeah. it was real it was a real uh, passionate hug and i wonder i wonder if chase utley like really had much of an idea of what the hell was like? Why it was such a big deal? Well, no, because he's he's been yeah. in the show before. Has he been in the yeah, show? He's yeah. been involved with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he has. Okay, because he didn't seem really that into it. But I think that's also Chase Utley. How yeah, he I think is. he's just even even keeled. Yeah, we'll call it even keeled. I've, I think he's also a bit of an a hole. I could be wrong yeah, though. It could be. Yeah. But uh, Chase Utley, former Cape Leaguer, of course. Is he? Believe so. I believe he played for Chatham Anglers, then the Athletics. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. a lot of those guys are you know, former Cape Leaguers. Anyways. Sure. One out of six uh, current major leaguers, actually. One out of six? Yeah. You know what's fun? And then one out of three people on the Change My Mind podcast are former Cape uh, Cape Leaguers, too. Yeah. Hey, Tim, tell me about your time. Yeah, please uh, do. It was it was a lost season. Yeah. Was it, <laughs> w- w- wasn't Summer Catch based on you? Is that right? Freddie Prince Jr.? Was there a fat friend in that movie that didn't get any of the girls and I, I think was always just better, eating and drinking beer? Better pitching form than Freddie Prince Jr. That might be true. Jeez, <laughs> ah, I'm I'm basically the the sidekick character that's always like, you guys want to see me eat all these sausages? <laughs> What's the movie Varsity Blues? Varsity Blues, yeah. Billy Bob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Billy Bob. Um, so yeah, I think I think that just about does it for the news. What what do you got for your uh, your comic book minute? Big here? week. Okay, so the silencer seventeen is out, and you guys know that I love this series. Did you get some love from the uh, the writer on that? No, that was um, oh man, what was it? The no one left to fight. That okay, was, that was, yes. That's a new that's a new book coming out. Not this week that you reviewed but last next, week exactly, and it was a spoiler free review. Uh, kind of focusing more on the themes and what they're hitting sure. on, familiarizing people with the characters. Um. 
I, I that's coming out in was it two weeks or no sorry in a week uh, and that's going to be a Dark Horse Comics. I, I uh, highly recommend it to everybody. But the Silencer 17 is DC Comics. That's coming out this week. That's the last issue of the Silencer. That was part of the whole new age of DC heroes. And, I, I mean, I didn't read the other ones, but I'm real bummed that this is done. I don't know if they're going to try and bring the character back in some way later on, Wes. But the, what I did want to ask you about with this okay. is when it comes – and, Tim, you too – so – with that, with no one left to fight, right? That's Dark Horse Comics. You know, you can do it with Image, things like that. Bringing in new characters, new stories, I feel like it's a lot easier. Whereas with, um, with this is a DC property where you already have the you know characters that you're, that are ingrained into the stories. The same thing with Marvel. I know that you get like a Squirrel Girl or Ironheart, who's like a who's a, a Iron Man kind of uh, took she took over for Iron Man. Is that the daughter Morgan? No, it's a different character named Riri Williams. And I'm I'm curious. Do, do you have it like? Are you interested in when it comes to the movies or shows? Are you interested in new characters who maybe don't have as long as a run in the books? Well, so I, I you know I think. Part of what makes this show nice is uh, that you have that comic book background, mm-hmm. and I don't. Right. Um, so it really doesn't mean anything to me. The, uh, you okay. know, kind of going back to that Guardians of the Galaxy conversation, if it looks good, if I like the actors involved, um, then I'm going to go see it anyway, especially more so if it's a Marvel property. And even with, like, I'll, I'll go out and do the same thing with uh, the new Suicide Squad movie that James Gunn is, is heading up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not going to have the same type of the same characters in the original Suicide Squad that came out I don't right. know, two or three years ago, whatever, four or five, whatever it is at this point. Yeah, I don't remember. But I think, I don't know, like Michael Rooker is going to be in there as like Shark Man, I think was one of them. And it's going to be different type Ice of characters. Elba, yeah, Frost, exactly. Tiger, which would be great. Yeah, so like, again, I know nothing about those characters, mm-hmm. but if you give me a good actor or someone that I have, you know, on a past mm-hmm. experience with, I guess, for lack of a better term, um, and I kind of have a past experience on the director and his kind of vision for things. Yeah. Then I'll go and watch it. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Tim? Because you're, I mean, you dealt, you've been around for comic around comics longer than I have. Do you have room for like new characters that get brought up, kind of out of left field? Yeah, I don't really have a problem with it because I think that you stale out with some of the. I mean, some of these Marvel characters have been around forever. Right. Yeah. So if you can reimagine them in a different way mm-hmm. I don't see it as a negative I know like everybody was flipping out about you know Miles Morales as Spider-Man and all that kind of stuff but mm. I remember you know I was there for the 2099 launch when everybody was getting oh. so excited about they were taking these characters you know a hundred years into the future and we were going to see they were going to be different people and they were going to have different powers and different storylines and different enemies and all that Right. and it was you know it was a little risky but I enjoyed it and I enjoyed seeing the same Kind of the same essence, yeah. but just with a different way to tell the story. So I think Spider-Man 2099 was at the end of, um, what was this, Into the Spider-Verse? I mm-hmm. think, did you see the outfit? It was um, primarily blue with a little bit of red in it. It uh, has like long red uh, uh, te- I like can't legs. recall that I'll, I'll off, offhand, but yeah. It, it's, it's a sick look. But anyways, I was curious what you guys thought about that. Um, Batman Damned, which is a DC black label. Uh, Batman Damned 3, excuse me, is out. That's the book where you see his... Um, Male member. Oh, that was yeah. The, that was the first issue, I believe. Very controversial. Exactly. So uh, they'll be. Uh, Have I asked you this before? Yes. Is he, is he packing? You, you asked me this, and it's flaccid. 
when, when you no, see it. That's right. We did have this conversation. Exactly. I right. um, just wanted to jog my memory. Thrower, not a shower. I got it. Yeah, yeah. I, I well, definitely it be, you know, it's, but it looks like, not body shaming here. Looked like there was some girth to it, though. I'll give them that. Okay, good. So, yeah, um, nice. But the last one, Image Comics Spawn 298 is out this week. And the reason that's important, obviously, Spawn 301 is, uh, is a huge issue. That'll be the longest running indie comic uh, title um, when, he, when was it Todd McFarlane hit 301. 298 is supposedly the, like the start of the setup for the story in 300 and 301. So I would, if you've been off spawn for a little bit and you want to get in on the event, I would start reading this week again. Okay. What do you got for me to stay woke about, Wes? Ten years ago today. Ten years ago, okay. Michael Jackson. Oh, boy. The king of pop passed away. Said goodbye wow. to a king. Wow, ten years. Ten years ago, right? Does It feels like it was just yesterday. <laughs> The polarizing pop star was beloved for his music and vilified for his alleged molestation of young boys. I'm not laughing at that part. <laughs> what? Feels like it was just yesterday? Yeah, I was laughing at that. Uh, there are a number of conspiracy theories surrounding uh, the late King of Pop. You know, a few of them. Uh, mostly surrounding his death, like I said. Uh, many believe uh, his death was staged and that he's still alive. And there's been, uh, you know, sightings, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was done in an attempt to... Uh, Avoid bankruptcy and the ire of media amidst his child molestation lawsuits. Uh, others say he was murdered by none other than the Illuminati for being outspoken in his later years about the shading dealings of the music business. While some argue that he was a pawn or a false idol of the Illuminati who used his death as a means to divert people's attention from real important issues that are going on in the world. A constant regular move uh, mm-hmm. in the conspiracy theory world. Uh, that the Illuminati t- uh, takes part in. Do you have any thoughts on these uh, Michael Jackson conspiracy theories? But actually, you know what? Hold that. Hold that. You, you can let it sit on it. Let it marinate for a minute. Um, prior to recording, Tim had some fantastic oh, yeah, he's conspiracy big, theories. He's a big Jackson guy. Well, I, listen, I was just saying that, uh, you know, I was listening to uh, Man in the Mirror. And because even though, you know, he did heinous things, apparently, I still enjoy It's a music. fantastic song. And uh, mm-hmm. as I'm listening to it, I'm really, he sounds so different from the Thriller to the Bad album. Mm-hmm. And it was the Bad album where all this weird stuff really, really started. I mean, he was weird before, but it got really weird with Bad. So I, I just started letting it go in my mind. Like, what if the Michael Jackson from Bad on wasn't the same Michael Jackson? You know that would explain the skin discoloration. Not a not a doppelganger, or not like so, a replacement, like the Avril Lavigne. Yeah, uh, we're not something. We're yeah. not talking like uh, Billy Shears taking over for Paul McCartney. Right, right, we're, right. Which so we have to do a show on that sometime. I, I'm yeah. very interested. But the um, the idea that you know he he got stranger because he wasn't a real human being. I think that maybe it was some sort of an android type. Creature. Oh my god, I love it. And that's, my pants that's why, right like now. the 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 plastic surgery would happen, and why like his nose would fall off in the middle of an interview, because he was an android. Wait, and they hadn't figured out the technology yet. But I can't figure out why an android would molest kids. That's the part I can't get. I can't get my mind. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Allegedly, yeah, allegedly, allegedly, yeah. allegedly. First of all, second, his nose actually fell off in the middle of interviews. That was a thing. That was. I, I don't think it actually happened in the middle of an interview, but. If you if you look at like some of the interviews from him, like he had less and less nose. He started to look more and more like a corpse. But he did catch on fire in the Pepsi commercial. Right. Was that a malfunction or did he uh Well that would have been the original Michael Jackson still. 
Oh, that, that, that the time didn't pre, work. I thought he was bleached at that point. No, no, that was still the uh, that was uh, around the time of the Victory Tour. Okay, so 84, 1984. So, if you look at like 1986 on Michael Jackson, you know it's same but different. Mm-hmm. And I think that that might have been you know in 1985, he might have had a meeting perhaps with the Illuminati and said, you know, listen, I've I've got this idea. I don't need to perform. I can I can train this android robot to do all of my moves. And then, of course, the android robot having robot skills just went beyond what you know original Michael Jackson right. could do. And uh, and then and then from there, you know, something happened. It malfunctioned somehow, and was instead of you know hanging out with little kids, it was hanging out in front of little kids. And then we had what happened. So. Well, and we've seen what what happens in your classic uh, robot stories that the robot becomes smarter and too powerful, and then starts thinking on its own right. and making decisions for I itself. Don't, I don't know if this robot did that because whoever said it's a good idea to make a long form music video with Chris Tucker to promote your latest single. I'm not sure. I, that was I a think bad that's a, I think that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> not at that time, uh, but the the Chris Tucker. Yes, from Rush Hour. And yeah, Friday. no, he was on the NBA award show the, the the other night, and it was painful. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm a big Chris Tucker fan. Did uh, you watch that? Uh, no. Yeah. Why Chris, would I watch? I think Chris show Tucker's also one of those people that's gone. I'm insane. just gonna read about anyway. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. he also like believe in all kinds of crazy conspiracy theories and he doesn't could. leave his house? He Chris could. T- I mean, Tucker? he's good friends with uh, Michael Jackson, so maybe the, you know he yeah. got uploaded some information to him. So I don't know this and, whole. Well, there's also uh, claims out there. Who is Michael Jackson's daughter? Uh, Paris. Paris. Yes, mm-hmm. Paris Jackson. Um, that she was sending out uh, a bunch of tweets that were cryptic enough to the idea that that would jump people off that he was uh, murdered by the Illuminati or some sort of involvement going on there, and that she attempted suicide. And that attempted suicide was in a way to alarm people of Michael Jackson's uh, death that was impending. Listen, if anybody was into some weird stuff, it was the Jacksons because they were yeah. they were Jehovah's Witnesses. So oh, well, there you go. They had um, well, they had you know some relationship in being in that kind of a cult like mentality. Right. Sorry, any Jehovahs that are listening to the show, but yeah, well, yeah, you they know, don't have fun anyway. So and and uh, that's that's where I wonder if you know maybe there wasn't some some programming. At some point, that he right. wasn't some kind of a Manchurian candidate in some fashion. Oh, see, and that's also some some hot stuff there. Now, Tim, you seem uh, you're, like you're processing all this right now. You mean Nick? Talking to me? Yes, yes, okay. yes, I yes. Am? I'm looking yeah, at you yeah, yeah. and Tim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, um, yeah, I'm thoroughly rattled. I don't know. What, I, I'm not going to come up with a better theory than what Tim. Well, do you has. have any thoughts on all this? Um, I think the fact that them having a robot and having that kind of technology. In the, it would have been the it, 80s, right? Not the 90s? Well, yeah, eight, it, it doesn't have to necessarily be a robot. It could be a person that is made to look like Michael Jackson. I mean, I, I guess that's... A la like a winter soldier, like the brain brain control sort of thing. I, I guess that's possible. I mean, the, the Avril Lavigne, the Avril Lavigne one, I do buy into. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily buy that. That's her because she's gotten that whole bubblegum kind of pop thing yeah. going on now, and she was. Was it the skater girl last time? Or was it skater later. boy? Skater yeah, boy but she wasn't really. She worked with the Matrix, which was the 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 producer duo that was making all those pop hits. Like she wasn't a real punk or anything. Okay. No, that's that's garbage. No, that's like studio uh, produced. Yeah, she was yeah. punk like a kid that shops at Hot Topic is a punk. Uh, yeah. Okay, then maybe I, maybe I don't buy into it as much. But yeah, I mean the whole Michael Jackson thing, maybe not being dead necessarily. 
I could buy into that. Well, well you got your Elvises, you got your Tupac. Here's, here's the thing. Illuminati freaks me thing. out, man. Tupac put out an al- put out multiple albums after he died. Yeah, yep. you know, and uh, we view. I think there was even a Biggie album after he died. Yeah. right? but Michael Jackson put out one Life album after, after he died. Well, that one he was recording when yeah. he died. So okay. that's. But the Michael Jackson put out one posthumous album, and they actually broke it down and and said straight out it was a fake. So they hired somebody that was kind of like a sound alike to record these songs. So if he was alive, I think, you know, it would be, he he would want to put out that posthumous album that was actually him. Right. And some of the deep cuts or things that were on the cutting room floor that never made other albums. Or especially since his last album, Invincible, was not so well received. Of course. Well, at that point, I think, you know, the public perception of him had really waned. Yes. It's like, you are a child molester. We are not. Well, yeah, but there, I I think for a long period of time that you could uh, separate the man from the music or, or yeah, yeah. The man from the music. Yeah. You well, almost you won't, like you could do with Kanye but West. You, only like you may not agree with what he does as a person, but mm-hmm. you may still like his music, which I would think well, I fall into that category. Yeah, but right. Kanye West is different. very different. Yeah. Now, not to compare, but one I think of those the problem people. was you yeah. can people, compare him. I don't like either of them that much. People didn't well, want to believe you know. it with Michael Jackson, and like right. I was still somebody that was like, well, I don't know if I really buy into it. But then when you watched. You know, the documentary that just came out. And how real. And it really, like, hits home, like, wow, yeah. like, this guy is a predator. Yeah. And so then and it's a little bit different. But then again, I've also gone back and questioned those two guys now. Because there's been enough doubt that's been created to say, well, maybe they're not telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's a it's a tough thing to say. And, I, I mean, it's tough to compare Kanye West to, uh, you know, what he says on his political rants or what have you to grab attention and... Uh, possibly well, molesting and, children. And also because Kanye West doesn't know what he's talking about most of the time. Right. Michael Jackson definitely knew about kids' bodies. I, th- so, I, I think yes. if you're, uh, <laughs> you're going to compare Kanye to anybody in terms of how he approaches things, not necessarily the same viewpoints, but I think Kyrie Irving is actually a pretty fair comparison. A lot to of, Kanye? Yeah. A lot of yeah. times they feel like they know what they're talking about and they really have no right. idea. I mean, not, Kyrie loves to use that. What is it our friend Brendan Curie says? He loves it. Was it the uh, word of the day calendar? Yes. yes yeah, yeah, it just rips it. Oh, okay. And yeah. And maybe not exactly have a complete grasp of how to use said word. Wasn't it you that sent that on our group text? Your husband is a philanderer. The, the <laughs> Nobody's going to get that reference. No. It's a very no. 80s reference. Who's Harry Crumb? Oh, John yeah. Candy looks at the yeah. word of the day calendar. Your husband is a philanderer. But isn't there... <laughs> Isn't there one where he's Kanye, Kanye says like Nietzsche or something like that and it says nothing? Uh, well, it's Kyrie, but yeah. Oh, it's like Kanye? Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, meant, I meant Kyrie, but yeah, it was, he uses Nietzsche and it's like yeah. talking about playing basketball you you can't use Nietzsche in, in any context I think with basketball where it makes sense yeah I, th- I mean there's probably a way that you can do it you know you have your certain niche is the, there and so what is what uh, you, niche, know, you do well sorry. yes niche but the way yeah. he the way he used it in that sentence didn't make yeah, sense yeah I mean I also you know I'm not sure if the article is the best uh, source of inf- information that I sent either it was more at a, at a uh, poking fun at the article as much as it was poking fun at Kyrie of what Kyrie was saying gotcha. also in this day speaking of Kyrie or uh, speaking of Kanye West now I'm oh. confusing the two here mm. it it was shortly after Michael Jackson's de- death where he thought it was appropriate to come out and say, uh, you know, with the permission of the Jackson family, I would like to assume the new king of pop role. And it was like weeks after like his death, you know, and people were still like very, and they're like, come on, Kanye, you know, what? let's take it easy here. Yeah. That dude is so weird. How, how can you be that big and famous? I mean, I know. Uh, he's delusional. You know, yeah. let's he's hold bipolar, on. Hold obviously. on. Give, I yeah. mean, as much as it's stupid. Like, so was Michael Jackson being the king of pop. He gave right. himself that name. 
that wasn't something that was bestowed upon him. Did he? Yeah, he just decided, like, I'm going to start calling myself the king of pop and started asking that he be referred to that in interviews. Yeah, but that, that's different than he... So he took it for himself, but Kanye is, like... Kanye's asking if he can be the new king of pop and not after some guy just died. But Michael Jackson did the same thing to Elvis because Elvis was the king of rock and roll. So Michael Jackson's like, well, well I'm, I'm bigger than Elvis. Yeah. I got to be the king of pop. So it's, it's, it's. But had Elvis just died or was Elvis dead for Elvis like a, never died. He works at Burger King. You know what I mean? Like, supposedly <laughs> Michael died. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's a fry cook. Had he supposedly died like right then when he brought it up? No. Yeah, and Kanye being a voice of generation two. But I it just... also was right around the time he started banging Elvis's daughter, so there's that too. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> little, wow. Yeah, a little bit of revenge there. I think there was some small tear motives on Michael Jackson. Well, yeah. yeah. I don't know if robots have genitals. Well, yeah, and they uh, right didn't they have like the, a kiss on like the MTV Movie or Music Awards or something? Yes. And it was like very pursed lips and like very, it was like, very you could staged. See the space People between were their wondering mouths. like had they ever kissed before? And they're like. No, 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 we're dating. We we do it. And then it's like... Yeah, there was, yeah. you could see the space between their mouths. <laughs> yeah. Eesh. It was like it was like somebody trying to kiss me on stage. Like, I don't want to get too close. Oh, yeah. You know? well, now that, oh, now oh, they want to get real close yeah, don't without be, that uh, beard. deprecating yeah, no, no beard now. They want to get real no close. No beard, shaved head. He was a real woodsman a couple when I last saw him. And now, yeah. now he's kind of studly. Maybe I've been be replaced honest. by an android. That's a good question. Yeah. Well, you are making a lot more sense than usual. That is a good point. Uh, so rest in peace, Michael uh, Jackson. Michael Jackson. <laughs> After we just uh, <laughs> rest in peace, <laughs> dirty his name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, main topic. You want to get into it? Yes. So we're going to talk about soundtracks. This yes. Week. Yes. Um, it all started with a tweet. Yes, from Jay like, Fox. Like uh, most great debates do, I would say these days. Honestly, you're joking, but you're also no. Telling, I think I'm pretty serious. Though, pretty spo- yeah. Same way. Of course, you mentioned uh, Jamie Fox there. He had a tweet that said, uh, "Best soundtracks of all time go hashtag Beat Shazam." Of course, yes. he's the host of that that game show, Which Beat I, Shazam. I've never watched. Neither I, I've heard of it. I'm not a game show person, right? But not a Jeopardy guy. You weren't watching uh, Jeopardy, James Hauser? No, not Hauser? even not no. even remotely interested in it. Wow. Um, if someone said Nick, you you have to watch one game show for the rest of your life, Jeopardy would be in consideration, and probably the, the Shazam show. Beat Shazam. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually pretty because I, I I definitely have that where Who I wants to I, be a millionaire. You didn't get caught up as that as a kid, or maybe that past year uh, by because I remember that as no, a kid was, I used I, to love that. I remember that being around as a kid. I mean, like the Regis Philbin like sweeps week going nuts. Not like the the English woman who came on and when it was on like daytime you'd watch it when you're six. Sort of. I thing. remember Regis being on it. Yeah, for sure. Price is right. Price is wrong. I don't want to say it. Well, you yeah. didn't you didn't watch that show? Nope. I, I know oh it. I mean, I, I'm familiar with it. It's, it's a fantastic show. Family Feud. Oh, oh yeah, I did right. see that. Yeah, Family Feud's another great. I'm, I'm, as I'm saying this right now, mm-hmm. big game show guy. I feel like you told me that before. Yeah. Have you? So have you watched the Shazam one? I have not. Now I don't really watch that, much sorry. network television or anything anymore. So now it's uh, just like uh, prestige TV and. Netflix shows. Yeah, that's, that's what, kinda... I'd say that pretty much sums up what, yeah, in a yeah. word. Yeah, snobby, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of snobby, um, the Nick's uh, quote here, uh, which sparked this whole debate, uh, he replies God with uh, Paul so Bettany and uh, what Russell Crowe playing a symphony and Master Commander is my favorite movie soundtrack. Underrated This, movie. by the way... Comes just days after when we were recording our podcast at my house in lovely Buzzards Bay, and upon entering, 
He says, oh, you don't have to chill red wine, huh, once you open it. <laughs> this, this is the type of, of uh, airs that we're putting on here. <laughs> so I, I had a wine bottle that I got from my aunt when I first moved into my condo, mm-hmm. and I had her over. Which was uh, when? That was January. Okay. And I hadn't finished it. And then it was the other day. I was like, ah, oh, you know what? It's there and I kind of have a night off. I'm going to finish this off. The so other I, day, like or st- June. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's some point mid-June. Some point mid-June. And I, I went and poured it and then I tasted it and I was like, oh! No, very acidity, very uh, high alcohol points at that uh, that it, content. It yeah. was bad. Yeah, there's probably some some vegetation growing in there. Well, I didn't. Uh, you know what? That, I, maybe I did feel a little bit of that, but it was bad. It was not good, so I threw that out right away. You you maybe get a week to ten days after an open bottle of wine. Didn't know that. Whether it's in, you might be able to extend that a little bit more if it's white wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but red wine, it's meant to be drank. Uh, you know, after it gets a little bit of air. Rather quickly. I don't run into that problem with scotch or bourbon. Well, I also found that out uh, <laughs> the last time we recorded as well. Oh, that's yes, that's right. Yes, yes, yeah. I, 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 I went back and listened to it, and I, I maybe I didn't hear it in certain points, but I just I, I know there were times where I talked slower than I normally do. Yeah, because we took a, a large break. Uh, In between, obviously, a little different setup here, so we only can record segments by the hour, so I think we stopped at the Mm 38-minute to, uh, you know, break and set up. I think we had a long conversation, which came with some refilling of beverages, Mm. Uh, and then we went back to, and I just felt like, in the moment, it just felt like it had a very different tone. I couldn't tell. As much uh, going back and listening to it, mm-hmm. but I just remember in the moment, I just remember thinking, "Wow, this is going to have a like, sound like two different episodes." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are definitely times where I kind of said stuff and I was like, "Huh?" Or I felt like I talked. I, I, my rant was a little bit longer than sure. they normally are. Yeah, well, that's it's good though. It's it's con- it's hashtag content. Yeah, exactly. But um, anyways, so yeah, like you said, I brought up Master and Commander, and all I was trying to say is I couldn't, and I said it in the course of it, you decided to leave this part out that I admit I can't think of one right now off the top of my head because there are too many good ones, and when we go over our list, you'll, you'll, I'll prove my point. But I said Master and Commander is one which is not on my list here that gets overlooked because I feel like Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany had a couple moments in that movie. I just like that movie a lot in general. See, now, my um, naivety, if you will, I believe that's uh, French for the listeners at home. Uh Uh-huh. I haven't seen Master and Commander. God, Wes, no, no. Not a big Russell Crowe guy. That's not... I'm not a big Russell Crowe guy either, I'm being honest with you, but I, that movie, when I first saw I think I've seen that movie mm, start to finish maybe four times. Wow. For me, that's a quite a bit. I don't think I saw it in theaters, but my dad got it, and I remember watching it as a kid, and I was like, this movie, this movie, I, I can get behind this a lot. It's just different. There, It feels like there are uh, not different episodes, but it, to some extent, like a different chapter in each one. And I actually, I remember trying to read that book as a kid, and it was... It was a little too dense for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but anyways, it just has some... Uh, have you seen the movie, Tim? Master and Commander? Uh, I probably did when it came out. I don't know, I don't remember it too well. Okay. Well, maybe it's just me. You know, I mean, I also think that The Longest Ride is a uh, a good movie, and I've watched Castlevania more than once, so um, what do I know? Yeah, according to Jim's uh, influential TV show. <laughs> that's not, <laughs> no, you'll not, never live no, that down. That's, no. that's false news. Yeah, again, it's... It, it's Misremembering of the facts. It's what, what it was is if I had to pick a sitcom to insert myself in, it would be, according right. to Jim, because it was fairly normal compared to Seinfeld, where you're dealing with a bunch of nut jobs, or Always Sunny, where they're borderline mentally unstable. 
Seinfeld, I would even throw Curb Your Enthusiasm in. I just want to <laughs> welcome in the the crazy antics. I want to be a part of it. But for real life, I feel like that would stress me out a lot. That's a great time. Yeah, maybe I, none know, of them work either. They they all just. Yes. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Wouldn't you love to just be able to walk around and say whatever you want That's and a, have no consequence? It, all of those shows that you mentioned, all of that. Yeah. It, based off of our last episode and what what we what I partook in, I may be more fit for uh, Always Sunny. Yes. Uh, for being honest. Yeah, sitting right in a bar. But uh, when we when we set up for this episode and doing soundtrack and everything, there were a couple of things that I had questions about, and Wes and I talked about it, because there are scores that, mm-hmm. I mean... Score and soundtrack, I understand, are not the same thing, but there are some of them where the score and the soundtrack are the yeah, same. Yeah, kind thing. of intersects. Yeah, exactly. So there, there are a couple that I wanted to hit on, but how many would you say you have on your list? Roughly? Okay, so I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, where where I actually have some songs uh, okay. to go along with it, and then I have about a handful of others, and some of them kind of go in, obviously, with the renaissance of these uh, music musical biopics. Mm-hmm. Um, that goes hand in hand of kind of reintroducing you to the artist that they're talking about. Your a la Rocket Man's, uh, you your know, your Walk Rhapsody. the Lines, your Bohemian Rhapsodies. Oh, Walk the Lines, a good one mm-hmm. too. I forgot about that. Um, the I'm Not There, the Bob Dylan uh, one. So, so those ones kind of come to Purple Rain. Uh, I know, you know, it's not a biopic on uh, Prince. But what, there's, what I believe is it? today is the anniversary of the release of Purple Rain. Oh, it's very appropriate. That's mm-hmm. weird. It's the same day as as Michael Jackson. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But there's a Prince movie. Uh, I believe he stars in it. Oh, but yeah, he's, he's not. Been in it's not on, on print. It's not Prince. Right. He well, plays a character. I understand yeah. him being in a movie, but I'm but saying he I, made the album Purple Rain. That. Yeah. So he's so it's a movie he acted yeah. in. Uh, yeah. Let me let me let me clarify what I was saying. So he made movies that. The, some of the albums that he made were soundtracks to the movies because they were musical films. Gotcha. So right. Purple Rain was one of those, Under the Cherry Moon. So, And I think he had an, even another one, too, that I can't remember the name of. Uh, Graffiti Bridge. Not a big mm-hmm. Prince guy, personally. Oh, there's some good, there's some good stuff there. I don't, I don't know if there's a song that I like. Morris Day and the Mother Effing Time. No, that doesn't do it for you? Maybe I haven't heard it, but I, I've tried mm-hmm. listening oh, to you, him. You know Morris Day. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's much that I by him that I like. It's funk. I'm a big I, funk guy. And you'll kind of notice this, too. It's like I'm, you know... Big hip hop fan, uh, but I also love classic rock. Those are like my two genres, and I also love a lot of uh, doo wop fifties Motown type of like jazz funky kind of stuff. Well, yeah, I would say funk and hip hop are not the same. Are two? Are, they're they're in the same family, but they're not the same. No, thing. but a lot of it. So it started with my love for hip hop, and and their their the artists love. For like funk, doo wop, George Clinton, and George yeah, Clinton, yeah, and yeah, exactly. Where they got the they're sampling from. it yeah. from, and then I kind of went back and by virtue, kind of fell in love with that that kind of genre. I'm of curious how many we're gonna have crossover. I get the feeling we're gonna have, I'm gonna say four that crossover. Okay, well, right off the top of my like, when I think of soundtracks and best soundtracks, there is one that comes to my mind first and foremost. Got to get it off the list. Eight Mile, Forrest Gump. Okay, yes, absolutely. That's uh, one that goes right in the movie. It's a double disc CD. It reached uh, as high as number seven on the Billboard Top 200. Came out in '94. Ain't nothing but a hound dog. Elvis Presley. Uh, I can't help myself, which is a uh, Sugar Pie Honey Bunch mm-hmm. uh, by the Four Tops. Uh, California Dreaming by the Mamas and the Papas. You know, you got your Mrs. Robinsons. You got your Aquarius. You got your Sweet Home Alabamas. My favorite song in that movie. Fortunate Son. Oh, yes. Yes, thank you. I did not have that on the list. I have Against the Wind, uh, Running on Empty. 
You know, a lot of good stuff there, and obviously just goes so well with telling the story of Forrest Gump through that. So it's a songs, nice character, if you will, in the movie. Songs mm. that were reintroduced to people that, or, or introduced to people that might have never heard them outside of that movie. Exactly. So for me, that was that. Because 94, I was 7, 8. You know, I probably saw it when I was like 9 or 10, somewhere around there. So again, that was like a, a big introduction to it. I've seen it once, and I... Didn't even remember that half of those mov- those songs were in there. Oh, I feel like the music plays such a big role in that movie. I like Forrest Gump, but I don't. I, I don't know. I just never understood the deep love for. Him. I'm not a big Hanks guy. I like him, but no, Tom Hanks. Yeah, fine. He has like the most credit. You ever see the Sim- like we talked about this with Counter Reeves a little bit? But you ever see the Simpsons movie? Where they have Tom Hanks in there, and they're like, "Hi, I'm Tom Hanks. America's yeah. lost all its credibility, so they're buying some of mine." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, his dad. Tom yeah, Hanks. yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's fine. I mean, I don't know. I just—it's a great movie. It's funny. It's a yeah, it's a good movie. Great. I don't know if I'd well, say great movie. You, know, that's, you also enjoy uh, according to Jim. So it's kind of considered one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, it's, I would it's say good. it's a little overrated on uh, how much love it, how many people love it. But I think it's a great movie. Yeah, I think. I mean, like, I don't find it rewatchable. That's part of my problem with it. Well, Bill, Bill Simmons would uh, deeply disagree with you. Uh, it's good for Bill I mean, Simmons. Once a year. Once a year, you have to watch it. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's one of those ones where you, Bill you put it on TNT and USA, and you can pick it up at any point in time, and you're happy with it. Bill Simmons is another guy who I find overrated. Oh, really? I'm a, I'm a Bill Simmons fan. I got, that doesn't surprise me. Well, you know, I like original content. Which <laughs> <laughs> is a callback to a conversation we were having before the everything aired. <laughs> Man. But what do you got? What's the first one on your list? Oh, uh, so he, he, but he goes and talk. He, whatever. He, original content is, I, I think, is also about the, what we do is original content. But we're talking about what's going on here, what's going on in the world. I mean, we talk about Kevin uh, about Keanu Reeves and the news that he's. Um, He's being cast for a role, right? Or right. possibly cast for a role. The but we're talking... But, so hopefully what the idea of that is that people want to come and listen to the opinions and, and hear about different opinions on that. Right. When I go and read a story, I want to read it for the news. I'm not reading it for uh, someone who I don't even know's opinion. Uh, okay. I'm tuning in purposefully on the radio so or podcast right- to hear the opinions of the people that I want to hear from. Gotcha. So you don't care about reading a writer's opinion, is what you're saying? Um, no. Uh, if it's a writer that I want to seek out the opinion of, then right. yes. Right, right. Okay. Well, that's different. I didn't understand that before when we were talking I about I probably it. didn't explain that all that well. No, that's fine. I mean, you know, I miss stuff once in a while, too, when we're talking. So I, that's that's fair. Okay, I can see the difference there, because I personally would prefer that I get some opinion from writers as opposed to just the I understand if it's like a break if it's like shams sure, I, yeah. I just or Woj I just want the straight news from them because they're they're the ones who are putting it out there first but then when it's coming from other people I don't want what shams and, and Woj just said I want like more off of that people who are familiar with what's going on you know what I mean yeah I guess so but that's I, assuming that the people are familiar with what's going on Right. No, I understand that. Yeah. And, you, and you and sometimes they're not. Sometimes they are. So that's where that's where it differs. But yeah. Um. But anyways, back to what we were talking about. Um. You were best you were going movie those. soundtracks. Best movie soundtracks. So you had. So uh, yeah, I think that. Um, we'll kind of go tit for tat here. So you went with. Uh, so I'm going to steal one that I know that you have on there too. Um. I did not have Forrest Gump. By the okay. way. Okay. Actually, no. Okay. I'll go with. I'll go with this one. Um. I'll go with Eight Mile. So of that course. features music from Jay Z, Eminem, oh, yeah. Fifty, Nas. I mean, I, I obviously, um, Lose Yourself is the big song off of, of that course, one, Of course, won an Oscar yep. for that song, yeah. So, that, I mean, that one right there, th- that, the whole movie 
is about the the, the music. And I honestly, right. some of the stuff that is, I, I don't know what you qualify it as, but the, I mean, the, the, the freestyle rap battles. I used to, when I would come home from school, I would put the 8 Mile DVD on. And after flash forwarding a couple through the uh, some of the Brittany Murphy scenes, if you will, I would go right to the end yep. um, to the rap battle. And I could probably go like line for line with everyone and just kind of watch. Like, I would watch that final 10 minutes. And that used to get me really hyped up. That's on YouTube, I think. Now, I remember, mm-hmm. I've definitely watched that a few times. And and the other one, too, that's just a little little line in there when he's fixing his car with, um, f- is it Future? Uh, yeah. Uh, when, so when he's Bradley, talk- Bra- or, um Bradley Cooper, uh, Sweet Home Alabama. Is yes, that, Sweet yeah. Home Alabama. Live at home in a trailer, mm-hmm. or like, something like that. But yeah, it's just like I, I love that. He, he, I mean, Eminem can do very little wrong in my eyes, and obviously you're featuring Jay Z too. I mean, right? Come on. Who for my money is great. I, I actually am not a huge Eminem fan. I loved Use, Lose Yourself. I liked Eight Mile. I liked the uh, Slim Shady LP. Mm-hmm. Portions of the Marshall Mathers LP, but that's about it, though. Okay. Anything after the Marshall Mathers LP, I'm not like. Eh. Okay, I mean that's fine. To, to each his own. I, I I like. I mean I like Jay Z a lot too. Obviously, Lucifer is probably my favorite song by sure. him. Sure. Um, but but yeah. So I, I mean, did, did you have Eight Mile on your uh, list? Yeah. So I had that on others where I haven't got a chance to fill up the whole songs yet. Gotcha. But that's something that I did. I want to mention. Okay. What else you got? Uh, so number two on my list that I had written down was uh, Remember the Titans. Oh, again, a uh, is... little bit of Motown, uh, classic rock mixture. Mm-hmm. Music plays a big portion in that movie. I think. I think it does a good job of kind of setting the scene and uh, bringing everyone together. Ain't no mountain high enough comes to mind off that. Um, I heard it through the grapevine. Both fantastic Marvin Gaye songs. Uh, Ain't too proud to beg. You know, and that's uh, I believe that's when they're in the locker room. And you mm-hmm. got Louis Lastic in there, kind mm-hmm. of singing along, doing everything. Uh, I want to take you higher. Uh, the way you do your things, you do amazing grace, which I believe is sung at the end uh, at the uh, funeral of Bertier. Bertier. Gary Bertier. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so also, yeah. Great, great stuff. No, that is a good one. I, I totally, totally overlooked that one, and definitely deserves to be on this list. Um, then there's, um, I mean the. The next one, I'm surprised you haven't gone with this one yet, but Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, sure. Um, that was number three on my list. Okay. So I stepped on that one for you. But uh, Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Suede, that's um, when they're getting clean, like all like hosed down yep. and everything. Yeah. Um, Escape, uh, was it Escape? That's uh, also known as the Pina Colada song. Right. By Rupert Ooh. Holmes. Uh, Cherry Bomb by. The runways. Yeah, that one's. Um, <laughs> I yeah. love how you have a tough time reading your own handwriting. <laughs> I really, I really had to squeeze it in there, but yeah, yeah, it is a problem that I run into once in a while. Um, but yeah, that was that one is from. That's right when they're about to f- do the, like the final battle mm-hmm. right before the start. So yeah, I mean that one's just that was huge because then that had an effect on um, it, obviously Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. They tried to right. one up it. I don't think they did it as well. Not personally. as well. It's still good, but not as well. And then in Thor Ragnarok, they try and up it too. Sure. But they don't. You know, other than Led Zeppelin, I mean, it was good, but I don't necessarily in terms of soundtrack. You know, I tried looking it up and it wasn't right. on the same level. One one thing. Uh, Fooled around and fell in love. Another great song. 
uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy. Do you remember one. where that was in the movie? Because I'm, I don't uh, know that song. I want to say it would have to be at a, a tender moment with Gamora. Okay. Um, <laughs> and that also reached number one of the Billboard Top 200. 2014 for a soundtrack to do that in this era um, says a lot. Especially a soundtrack of recycled songs. Right. Not, it, not new stuff. Yeah. But again, much like we were saying about the Forrest Gump topic, uh, it introduced a lot of that this younger, newer generation into some of these uh, you know, classic songs. Songs that hmm. maybe their grandparents listen to, I don't know, parents at this point, you know, I don't, I don't know. A hmm. um, little bit of a, uh, you know, smaller list here, but uh, American Pie in 1999, of course, uh, you know, probably one of our super fans. Oh. Uh, favorite movies, Brendan Curie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some great songs in there. I think of Blink-182 when he's run, like, trying to run home. Um when he's uh, when he's got the live feed and he has Nadia back in the bed and he's like got got the YouTube stream on and he's like Nadia's naked in their bed and he's like running back over the bushes and there's this great uh, song by Blink One Eight Two Mutt. Um, you got New Girl. You get some Third Eye Blind on there. You got some Tonic. So you kind of have that like punk, uh, you know, Seattle grunge rock kind of phase going in there, which yeah. was you know more of the early '90s. But I think that kind of captures uh, those kids. Who are seniors Blink. in high school at that point? Yeah, kind of the music that they grew up on. Uh, you have Sugar Ray on there, so yeah, you know, Sugar Ray was a, a band of that time. I think I'm not a big Sugar Ray fan, but they definitely got some stuff that bangs on that. I'm trying that to think soundtrack. of what, what's well, the, the most one, popular the, the song. The most popular one is Fat Lip by Sum 41. Oh, Sugar oh, Ray, yeah, Sugar yeah, Ray, is, Fat Lip Sum 41, sorry. but Fly. Yes, that's fly. what yeah. you're looking for there. Yes, yeah. So love that song. My dad played that song way too much when I in the car oh, when a, I was it's a kid. A, it's a good one. But but um, Sum 41. That's the song that I think of. I got to go back and listen to this album because I forgot yep. that there was some Blink on there to totally make sense and we were kind of I know for me I think Blink was middle school for me mm-hmm. I th- I, maybe elementary school was it where was it for you do you remember and so 99 I was born in 87 so yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah so more elementary there. for me more middle but school but it was just at that point where I was aware of what everything was so I was starting to get all the jokes the most part mm-hmm. um, the pale ale joke was a little Above my head, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't get that one, but you know, I, I got most of them, um, and it was very like uh, um, exciting, maybe for lack of a better term. It's a great movie. I yeah. love that movie. But it's like you know that expo- the idea of like sex and hot girls and things like that. That was all like very new to like I was just kind of that's definitely a middle school perking rated, my ears up yeah, to that, that sort of thing. That's the rated R movie you sneak around to try and see in middle school. For right. Because sure, I'm pretty sure that's when I saw it too. So my brother had that movie on DVD and I snuck it to, to go watch it there. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice there. Um, so uh, the next one that jumps out for me well <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Breakfast Club. Obviously, okay. don't you forget about me is the is the big song. Sure, that's, of course. That, that's the one, the only one that I can recall. But I know um, I went back and looked, listened to some of the other songs, and it's just the total '80s vibe to, to every single one of them. Obviously, coming out in '85, that's mm-hmm. what you would expect, and it it just goes along so well with the movie. And every at every moment, whether it's when they're all getting high and they're partying, or obviously at, at the end when they're when they're saying bye to each other, they, they've developed the relationships or grown as individuals. I just think that every single you talk about how it kind of plays a character in the movie. Right. Yeah. I just felt like it really reflected well what was going on at each moment in the course of the movie. I can see so like so. I've seen that movie a handful of times, obviously, and always like it's kind of like we were saying about um, Forrest Gump is that you can pick it up on TNT or TBS or whatever USA and kind of catch it at any point in time. 
But I don't really remember too many songs from that for some like none outside of you. Uh, um, when I went back and looking at yeah. it, that's the only one that I would recognize. But I just felt like it played such a good role yeah, in the I mean, movie. I, I yeah. love the movie. I got no problems with it. Would you rather watch that again or Forrest Gump again? Forrest Gump. I'd rather watch Breakfast Club. Yeah. Yeah. See. Yeah. Yeah. Some people find a cucumber to be a better pickle. Yeah. <laughs> What's up next for you? <laughs> Um, so this one's a personal favorite, although I was very surprised to know that this reached number five on the Billboard Top 200 in 1995. Uh, probably a better soundtrack than it was a movie, Batman Forever. Oh. Great soundtrack. I got a nice, I got a nice groan from uh, Tim over Great here. Great soundtrack. Uh, of course, the uh, main song off of that is Kiss by a Rose, or Kiss from a Rose. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, um, oh, what am I, th- like a Bernstein Bears type of thing? Mandela right. effect. Yep. I always say kiss by a rose. It's kiss from a rose. Different oh. preposition. Oh. Uh, but I, I always kiss by a rose That's on a grave. That's the same concept either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still the rose kissing you one way or another. Right. So but I love, love that song. Most people don't know that song's about his relationship with Betty White. Oh, is it? Yeah. Kiss from a rose. Oh, that's oh, that's interesting. Rose, uh, rose Nyland from the Golden Girls. Oh. I'm just... Damn you, Tim. <laughs> but <laughs> one of my favorite... Uh, for those that don't know, I'm a huge U2 fan. Of course. And one of my favorite... Hold Me, Thrimly, Kiss Me, Kill Me. That's one of my favorite songs by that band. Yeah. And that was a, a leftover from the Zeropa sessions that they just said, well, you can, you guys can throw it on the soundtrack. And Came very popular. Huge, huge song for them. You get a little Method Man on there, is of course playing uh, the song The Riddler, who was in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Look Into My Eyes, which was a nice shout out from uh, Mitchie B of By Your Terms, which you're sporting his shirt right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Bone Thugs and Harmony, which was you know a great sign of the times, kind of in the era there. Great, not a great movie. Um, I believe uh, Poison Ivy is Batman Forever. I think that's, that's uh, uh, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Okay. Um, Batman Forever is a better movie than people give it credit for. Right, I but it's a little cheesy. It is. It doesn't go full cheese as Batman and Robin does. Yeah, that's when uh, Joel Schumacher took over and decided right. I'm going to make cartoon movies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but you know, a little little side note on "Kiss from a Rose," one of my go-to karaoke songs. Really? Yes. And I owned this soundtrack on cassette as a kid. Really? Yes, cassette. Wow. Yeah, that tells you a little something. That That's a childhood you, favorite. Yeah. That tells you a lot. Oh yeah. Um. Wow. I've never. I, I've never. I. I couldn't tell you a single song. Like I didn't recognize any of them. When we when we get out of here, yeah. hop in your car. I will. Kiss from a rose. You might have a good cry. I'll just look. It's oh, a great song. Really? Seal's Seal first two is albums. Fantastic. Those are my go-to, like getting busy. Oh sure. CDs. Yeah. Yeah. Prayer for the dying. Oh yeah. Good getting stuff. Getting busy CDs. Really? Now, mm-hmm. as a kid, I put together. Well, not a kid. In like high school, I burned CDs for my friends. Oh okay. That were were entitled uh, "Sex Mix 2K Volume One <laughs> Cherry Poppin." I thought I was very, uh, I thought I was very risque and clever on there. That that tells you where, where my mm. clever puns comes from at a young age. Mm. Uh, I had that in the uh, you know computer CD ROM while I was playing that because that's how you played your music. Then you plugged your headphones into the modem uh, and then listened to it through there. And my mom popped it out and saw it on there with all the different. What the hell is this? Oh man! I was like, it's a joke. You know, she said, do you even know what this means? And I was like, probably not. <laughs> yeah, no shot in hell. You know, but it was a mixture of yeah, some John Mayer on there, some Kiss from a Rose, you had some Ludacris. What's your fantasy? Mm-hmm. 
You know, uh, LL Cool J. Sounds like the title is appropriate it. to me. Right, yeah. Right, so Speaking I, of Ludacris, and you brought up Method Man too. Yeah. Um, another another soundtrack that uh, I mean, it's you talk about the biopics too earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Straight out of Compton. Oh yeah, of I mean, course. You got obviously you have NWA, you have Eazy E doing some solo stuff too. I, all around, I mean, the a first Snoop Dogg in there, yep, a little the, nice cameo. The three songs that you think of from that that I think of personally are Straight Out of Compton, Boys in the Hood, and F the police. Right. Obviously, use the full word. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was just that movie in general was obviously centered around their music, and it's a different era of rap as compared to now. What we see where it's it's and, mumble rap. Even then, this that era of rap is totally different from Jay Z. Oh sure. Coming to his you know, prime. Well, it's like East Coast versus West Coast. So even when like Biggie and uh, you know one of the ones I'll get to a little later on. Um, which I'm blanking on their... Oh, their, and the, yeah, uh, there's Biggie's movie, too. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Notorious, yeah. Yeah, Notorious. Uh, but it, I, I wasn't a big fan of the Notorious, though. I, I only saw it once. I can't remember much of it. Yeah, yeah it was kind of a forgettable... You know, definitely didn't have uh, the... You know, lore of pulling you in like uh, Straight Outta Compton did. I totally forgot about that. Straight Outta Compton was a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but on those heels, though, uh, one of a, a new Marvel movie... Uh, Black Panther. That's on my list too. But yeah. that, Kendrick Lamar essentially uh, manning that whole album. Uh, you have um, what's his name there, uh, the R and B singer, The Weeknd, mm-hmm. uh, doing getting some some star tracks on there. That guy's a monster. Yeah, unbelievable. He is jacked out of his mind. Is he jacked? I thought he was just kind of like a big. If I'm thinking of the right dude, then yeah, hefty guy. Like he has like the weird uh, hair. He was dating Bella Hadid for a while. I might be thinking of the wrong person. Well, the, weekend's, the weekend's kind of hefty. Oh. Yeah, he's just a big frame. Yeah. I don't know who I'm thinking of then. Yeah. I thought it was the weekend. Suge Knight? No, no, no. Suge Knight's not jacked. Suge yeah. Knight's just a big dude. Like he's, uh, he. I remember him being fat. But anyways, um, but yeah. So that one I had on my list too, and I was really disappointed that that was more so, um, one of those soundtracks where it's just it's not. In the movie as much You got bits and pieces Of the mm-hmm. songs But there were some Bangers in there And it's just You know We're getting Like a, And I have a few Scores written down It's like That's all we're getting In this movie Give me the actual Friggin' music That you right. guys had Produced by Kendrick Well they had a couple In there A couple But it, and it wasn't even... yeah, At the end um, One of the main ones um, And all you see Is I'm blanking On the, the song I should have Done more research On this But uh, you get one of the main Kendrick Lamar tracks in there. There's another scene where they uh, are entering the casino, mm-hmm. and they have a, uh, yeah. a weekend song in yep. there. There, there are a couple. There are a couple that are in there, but even then, I felt like you just didn't get the full, the full effect of it. I'm, I guess I, I could be wrong. No, I don't know. I could have. I'm bummed. I'm, I thought that that what's his face was jacked. I guess I was wrong. They're trying to find. He's a, a big body. Yeah, I don't know. I thought I saw I thought someone sent it to me, but anyways, whatever. So that's just life. Um, so you had Black Panther. Let's see. Space Jam. Oh, of course. Uh, another SEAL favorite. And big, the biggest one, obviously, being yeah. the song Space Jam. Right. I mean, everybody knows that song. It's, it's like or uh, I Believe I Can Fly by I, R. Kelly. I Believe I Can Fly. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great pull right there. One Number one and number two right there. I mean, iconic. But. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he Got Game. Speaking of basketball movies, 1998. Uh-huh. Uh, debuted at number 26. Never got any higher than that on the Billboard Top 200. Uh, great renaissance of uh, Chuck D 
of course, of Public Enemy fame. So that was probably right around the time of NWA. Maybe Nick uh, or what was Jim that was better. that a Chuck T solo or was that a Public Enemy song? I thought so, it was a PE song. So it's mostly. I'm, I'm not sure how heavily involved Flavor Flav was at the time. Uh, I mean, I guess if it's Terminator X and Chuck D, you can still call it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was it was mostly Chuck D. I got game, you got game, she got game, we got game. Mm-hmm. Great song. Uh, again, one of those movies where if you own uh, the DVD, you uh, circle is zero in on certain portions of that movie without, if you know what I'm talking about. Kind of a callback to your Forrest Gump pick too. Right. Because it samples uh, Buffalo Springfield's. Yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. You don't know what I'm talking about though with uh, the certain scenes in this. You, you haven't seen it. He got game. You should see it. It's a good I've heard one. of it. I've seen it a long time. Ray Allen is a surprisingly good actor. Uh, Rick Fox is taking uh, Ray Allen, Jesus Shuttlesworth, on a tour of, I don't know if it's it's a big state university or whatever school he's going to, or, you know, maybe going to at this point. Takes him to a college party, uh, allows him into a dorm room. In the dorm room are two busty blondes um, laying on the bed, scantily clad, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then you go from there. But as a kid, uh, you know that's that's you, an eye opening. Where do you, I don't would you go well, from there? I, you know, a, a to B. It's it's it gets graphic. That's that's when you realize. Is this, uh, damn, I wish in, I had been fr- able to play basketball. Does in this, French, I believe they refer to as a menage a trois. Does this have to do with that cherry pop and stuff you were talking about? It, it's a callback to it. Okay, it's certainly a callback. And then kind of like the stuff that happens in American Pie. You could, yes. All right, uh, I just need you to spell that for me a little okay, bit. Okay, I was going to say, you're, you're coming off very much like an incel right now. Yeah, I wasn't. I was... <laughs> <laughs> you don't got game. I'm uh, trying to help you out here, you know? <laughs> I just don't, I don't know. I don't know how it all works with women and the birds and the bees thing. Yes. I just, uh, I, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a whole different podcast. Uh, uh, yeah, no, that's a, that's a, you know, I'm not even sure if we're in the safe harbor, harbor to be able to say all that stuff. <laughs> I don't think anybody speaks French here, though, so I think we're okay. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think we're good. Um, so the, I don't have a lot of songs off of this next one, but I know that if for our female listeners, I would assume, or at least any uh, listeners that are parents, mm-hmm. "Let It Go" um, from Frozen, of course, is a song that deserves uh, mentioning. Yeah, um, I love that song. But the next one I'm gonna I want to mention. Um, I don't know if... I'll go with Lion King first. I was going to say, I completely overlooked a lot of the Disney ones. Right. Well, you brought, you mentioned Aladdin before when right. it, you said it was either Aladdin or um, Rocky Man that you were going to see this past Right, weekend. yeah. And Aladdin obviously has some great songs too, but Lion King is uh, Can You Feel the Love Tonight, Hakuna uh, Matata. Sir, Sir Elton John. Yeah, yep. I think, I think that's, that's right. far and away the best Disney soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Lion King as a kid, and I guess... Can't I, wait to be king. I Yeah, and I, as a kid, apparently... This is my, now, my dad's told this story because he's the one that took me to the movies all the time. I, I think I saw it five or seven times in theaters as a kid. I, I can believe that. Which is a little insane that my dad would allow that and my mom. Yeah. Um, but, but it's a safe movie to go I, to if the kid, likes, I did it, the kid likes it. You know? I was like 16, 17. I think I saw it that many times because I think, the girl yeah. I was dating wanted to go see it like every weekend. Oh, well, there so, you go. And I was like, well, are you paying? All right, then huh. I'll go. Wow. Nice. So, we, didn't, we didn't have a great relationship. A, a, <laughs> that sounds actually pretty good to me. Does, yeah, I don't know what's wrong <laughs> with that. I don't know what you're talking about. I was, t- I, my dad said that I, by the time it was like the third or the fourth movie, I was singing all the words to it. Of course, yeah. It's, there's a lot of other things you could have been addicted to at that age. This is true. Yeah. Fentanyl, chief among them. You know, you just, it's, it's a very dangerous drug. The PSA, don't. Pop some fentanyl, says uh, Hakuna Matata, you know? Yeah, if you're, if you happen to be, uh, <laughs> if you happen to be in the back of an ambulance, 
I always go Tylenol. Never go with the fentanyl. Okay. Good to know. I'll keep that Very mind. addictive. Okay. And, but Aladdin's one that you like too, right? Yes. So I, I loved Aladdin. Um, not obviously as much as The Lion King, but I think it's right up there as one of my favorite Disney movies. Okay. Lion King's uh, number one with that, like... Yeah. Era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's easy. And then, you know, when you start getting into like Toy Story, obviously not not so much in the musical aspect of things, but if we're just talking Disney movies, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of uh broke the mold as well. That's different. Yeah, I'd say it's a little bit of a different era. In right. Disney. That's yeah. the Pixar yeah, pick, and everything yeah, the, that yeah, it moved I separate into. Separate Pixar from Disney. Duh. But it's even Disney it, Pixar. Even though it is, yeah. I, st- right. I still separate. Yeah, them. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, some other ones that I had, obviously, uh a recent one and what and you you had mentioned uh Frozen. What I really enjoy is when you have actors and actresses who can sing uh, and carry their own tune. So while Bohemian Rhapsody might might conjure up and kind of reopen the catalog to a new audience and reintroduce it to a new audience, you know, Robbie Malik, as we outlined on this podcast here, doesn't sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all dubbed over. So I I have it on here, but it's almost like... I have it on here, too. For an uh, homage to the great catalog of uh, Queen. Right. What I do put on here, though, is A Star is Born. Because much like uh, what, what's Kristen, uh, Kristen Bell, yeah. uh, you know, of course it. you have Lady Gaga in there, but you have Bradley Cooper singing their own soundtrack. And again, obviously a movie that is very musically centric. Mm-hmm. Uh, great soundtrack. I love you know how Bradley Cooper was able to teach himself how to play guitar, teach himself how to sing. You know, obviously had help with uh, I believe it's Lucas Nelson uh, in writing the songs, or he just flat out wrote the songs. Lucas uh, Nelson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Writing this, being a songwriter versus being a singer, two very different things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, again, that's uh, something that I, I've loved, and I, I actually have that album on my. Uh, iTunes, Apple Music. Really? Yeah. I still haven't seen that movie. Oh, it's it's, it's a, a tough damn one. Shame. Yeah, it's a tough one. So yeah. I know you're not a big dog person, but there's a scene with a dog that hits really home. Oh, really? Yes. I think I'll probably get more emotionally torn by the the love story that's involved in all that. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's in there as well. Yeah. That definitely gets you. But there's one scene. Tim, have you seen uh, Stars no. Born? Oh, yeah. It's a scene with a dog. It's uh, That's you all can, You can spoil it for me. It's okay. I'm not going to... I Honestly, Wes, I probably won't cry over the dog scene. I don't mean to be mean. Well, it's he kills himself because he knows how detrimental he is to Lady Gaga's career. And he's a drunk and an addict. The dog. dog is? No, the guy is. So, okay. he, so Bradley Cooper. So he hangs himself in the garage, but you never see it happen. You just see the dog sitting outside of the garage. Wait a minute. The dog part I was saying you can spoil for me, not the... You yeah. said to spoil it. That's why it's the, so sad. The dog scene, not the That's movie. the scene. Well, that's you don't the... see him in there. You but see you the had... dog but if you had... lying down, and he re- he knows that he kills, uh, Bradley Cooper oh kills himself. Oh, my God. You told me this. I wasn't going to, that's no. all I was going to say. You brought it on yourself. Oh, my God. No, I didn't see what you're saying. What the freak, man? I mean, look, at the end of the day, I'll be fine. I, I've waited this long to see it. In, that's on in, you, man. In that sense. We're a spoiler podcast. We're a spoiler podcast, but when I say you can spoil that scene for me... That's the scene. That's assuming that the scene isn't going to spoil the entire movie. Well... Which it clearly does. I, that's, I said I wasn't going to tell you it. Yeah. So you're assuming that... that it's, yeah, well, that's where you say, Nick, it's going to spoil the movie for you. Then I say, oh, well, okay, I don't want to hear it then. Tim, am I wrong? My line of just thinking so, here? Just the mundane scene no. with the dog in it. Just tell me about that scene. You am, know? Am yeah. I, thank you. Thank you. That's I, right. He, to be fair, you sound like a whiny Charlie Cox. To be right fair, now. that's fine. That's what I am, Charlie. <laughs> to Cox. be fair, you asked for him to spoil it, but also 
mischievous grin. You knew that when you told them that, that you'd be essentially fine. Well, be ruining fine. the whole movie. Fine, you want to know. Okay, fine. Right. <laughs> you so you're both, yourself, you're both at fault. Next soundtrack. Why am, wait a minute, why am Charlie Cox? Because you're whining. Because you were whining. No, no, I'm drawing a blank on who the hell Charlie Cox is right now. Why am I, why am I having... He's Daredevil. We were talking <laughs> yes, about this yes. earlier in the podcast. No, I know. That's why I'm asking you. I you're, can't remember. You have him so... Up, so he's so flustered now. <laughs> yeah, I am. Because he just... Because he, there's no feel on that, on that decision. You asked for it. I did, but I didn't know what I was asking for. Yeah. For you as a, as someone with with a functioning brain says to me, Nick, it's going to ruin the movie for you. That's why I'm not going to tell you. No, you you told me you wanted me to tell you, so I'm going to tell you. I'm going to acquiesce. Well, you know what I was asking well, for. You know, that's, that's on you, pal. You're the, you're the adult here in this in this situation. You're older than me. You're more mature than I am. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> you are older than me. There's no debating that. There's that. no debating that. <laughs> okay. Um, By the way, that's going to be the moment that like, you have to use to share what this podcast is about. Yes, yes. Oh, like is that is, that's, that's your greatest marketing right there. No, I'm going to beep it out. Okay. Yes, yeah. I'll, I'll beep it out. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll parse because it. Because then, then you'll just be fulfilling the own, the if, thing that you're mad at me about. Yeah. If, if you're, I, the fir- I would, if you're I listening to this for the first time, right. this is what changed my mind is all about. Yeah. Yeah, exi- that, yeah that should be the... That's uh, it. That's yeah. it right there. Um, you're welcome. Yeah. So, I, Bohemian Rhapsody, you already said... I'm not, I mean, look, I don't, I'm not going to mention, I mean, look, the scores, I'll just hit on those really quickly because we're not going to hit on scores ever in the course of a po- an entire right. podcast. Right, yeah, I'm, I'm no, uh, you know, Tchaikovsky here or anything like that. So That's a good pull, right? Yeah, the Lord of the, the Rings. Pat on the back. That's the guy who did the Nutcracker, right? Or is that someone else? That's Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky, what's the- That's what I was trying to say. Okay. I, I figured. See, <laughs> I got you. Was that or a hockey player I just didn't know? Yeah, Keith Kachuk. You yeah. know, it's kind of like the same, the <laughs> same pronunciation. Actually, I know Keith Kachuk. Peter Forsberg? Yeah. Yeah, well, Kachuk, Tchaikovsky, you know, it's like a... Ray Bork? You get all that. I'm trying to think of other hockey players. Anyways, um, but Lord of the Rings, I I mean, you have... um, Whenever you have orcs being brought into it, yeah, the... the, What is it? The battle at the end of... um, Fellowship of the Ring, where the Urukai are coming, like I love the music there. It just there are a lot of moments in the course of the whole series. Star Wars, obviously. I was going to say, yeah, that's, that's that's a great one there. Probably number yeah. one as far as scores and yeah. Maybe number two to Jaws. Mm. Probably number two. Jaws, to Jaws. is kind of one hit wonder. Well, you also have, I mean, if you're talking Tim, about that too, it's Halloween. Halloween, okay. You know the Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yep. That's that. Yeah. Those are huge. And the other one that I love too is Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. They got some good stuff in there too. Mm-hmm. The main theme the, is is uh, is fun. The Back to the Future theme does more for me than Star Wars does. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. More than Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Now, so I know you, you, mm-hmm. when I said if you had any thoughts on uh, movie soundtracks, that was the first thing you mentioned. Is there any uh, that you'd like to mention at this time? Well, there's a few that I think you guys probably won't mention, um, especially... Well, because you're old, so... Well, especially knowing Nick's uh, not liking Prince now, which... <laughs> but uh, actually just released on this day, 30 years ago, Batman. Oh, this day or yesterday? Oh, it was, yeah, it was recently. Yeah, But, yeah, but yeah, Batman, yeah. The, Batman the, the first Batman soundtrack was uh, all done by Prince. And when we found out about that, we're like, Prince? Batman? Right. That doesn't fit. But it really did. It really did. It worked out very well. Uh, so that's a great one. Uh, the Crow was a pretty monumental soundtrack of the 90s. But and just to go back to uh, Batman, you also have the Danny Elfman uh, score yes, of yes, that, too. Absolutely. Which was brought back in, uh, was it BVS or Justice League? I can't remember. But they brought um, that back for uh, that as well. But anyway. Uh, so and then you also have uh, you have the crow, which you know highlighted by Stone Temple Pilots, Big Empty, but also had the Cure and mm-hmm. uh, you know there was so many band Pantera, so many bands of that era on there. Uh, singles, the single soundtrack, which was Cameron Crowe's 
uh, movie about the Seattle grunge scene. Okay. So you have a lot of the Seattle sure. bands on there. Yep. Very instrumental to the movie. And then one of my favorite soundtracks of all time, very overlooked movie, and uh, certainly a very overlooked soundtrack. But it was, the name of the movie is Eddie and the Cruisers. I know the movie. Yeah, I know the movie. I haven't seen it. And the band who is did Tom, this. Is Tom Cruise in that? No, it's Michael Perret. Uh, no. no, it's 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 all no-name actors, really. I know that know that movie. In fact, one of the actors, the guy who plays the saxophone player, is actually the guy from the band that did the soundtrack. Okay. The whole soundtrack was put together by John Cafferty and Beaver Brown, mm-hmm. which was a band out of Rhode Island. And oh, nice. They had okay. a New Bedford like guy that. as their saxophone player. Love it. And it's a very much a Southside Johnny, Bruce Springsteen, E Street Band, 70s, Boardwalk type of vibe to it mm-hmm. great soundtrack i mean and i think it hit number one on the charts okay the soundtrack actually was far more popular than the movie i like that okay so worth checking out on the dark side tender years some good pulls there um tip west did you have any more because there was only go with there- a couple because i want to pull up something here real quick that i just thought of okay so i have um you want me to go with a couple yes okay so yes. The, the last two that i have I actually have one tv show and this is a little bit random but sons of anarchy uh, I know that they have songs from the first four seasons available on iTunes. Uh, there's the the intro song, This Life, which is, oh man, I love that song. And they did at one point, they did like an Irish version of it too because the show was in Ireland at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's John the Revelator, Slip Kid, and then they do the, um, a re, uh, some uh, another rendition, I guess, of House of the Rising Sun, which has been done uh, a couple times. I think Green Day has a another version of that, but with New Orleans and the Superdome. Yep. Um, and then the other one that I want to mention, the last one for the movies, which is kind of a random one, but Talladega Nights, you have Coach Eyes by Audio Slave. I was uh, Coochies? Coochies? Co- Coochies? I don't know. Yeah. Coochies. <laughs> yeah. Why, what is Coochies? I don't know. It's, so it's a name that they used to use for Native Americans. Oh, okay. Yeah. Might have actually been a Native American's <laughs> name, but it's also a generic term for Native Americans. Oh, yeah. okay. Is it is it a... Uh, like an appropriate term still these days? Or uh, no? It's more like kind of like a, it's it's not that it's a, it's not an insult, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of like, hey, Cochise. Oh. Like that's, you know. Okay. But the Audio Slave obviously has the, the lead singer from um, Rage so, Against the Machine. No. No, no, no. It's the band Rage Against the Machine. Oh, the, 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 the lion it's one. the guitar player from Rage Against the Machine. And right? then it has the lion. I don't know if, um, maybe the drummer too. I thought it was most of the band. I, don't I think, think you're right, Wes. Yeah. You're right. And then the, the, the one with the, what's the, remember the lion or something like that? There's a, there's a band that has the singer. Yeah, Zach from, De La Rocha was in, uh, one, uh, what's it, One Day is a Lion? One Day is a Lion. That's it. Yeah. So I got it backwards. I apologize. Um, but then there's Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue, uh, Faithfully by Journey, and then the French version of Paint It Black is what I call that other song. Right. Okay. That, yeah. yeah. I got that. Okay. What did, what, what was it that you wanted so, to So, uh, mentioned briefly Walk the Line, but as I mentioned oh, yeah. with A Star is Born or uh, even Rocket Man, which I just recently saw, which I loved, uh, you have Taron Egerton there singing, uh, doing his own version of a lot of uh, Elton John songs, which again, big Elton John fan as a kid. My dad actually saw his first, uh, one of his first American concerts. As he opened up for the Eric Clapton, Derek and the Dominoes, and some like Podunk Town in like upstate New York where he grew up, I think it was like around the Rochester area actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and no musics had had come over, you know, none of his singles had reached uh, the states yet, so no one knew who he was. And everyone's like, "Who's this flamboyant guy rocking out on the piano, going nuts?" And then like a couple months later, it came out. So in the movie, they don't really highlight that specific uh, concert, but his first introduction in America was like very similar to that way. Um, and again, it's just a very fun movie, very kind of surreal, but Taron Egerton knocks it out of the park. Uh, he probably won't get 
an Oscar. He'll probably get nominated. He should get nominated. I think he probably deserves to win uh, in the early stages here. But after Rami Malek, I think it was tough to go back-to-back with that, those like similar-type performances. Uh, but the same thing with Walk the Line. You have uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon, who both sang uh, and acted in those movies. So I loved that. And obviously, that reintroduced me to some uh, Johnny Cash, because I'm not really a big country fan, outside of the Nine Inch Nails uh, cover of Hurt which I absolutely love by Johnny Cash. That's that's uh, fantastic. Uh, He's got some good ones. Uh, Dangerous Minds soundtrack uh, with uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. But the Coolio song, um, Gangsta's Paradise. Oh. Been spending most of our lives living in. I remember my brother and I, I believe we, uh, as a kid, acted out like music videos. Uh, to that song oh, and, like, okay. in our like, living flip room. Flip over the chair and sit down in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I remember right, Coolio was against his song being used in that movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, that was like, and of course sparked, um, uh, what, what's the Weird Al song? Uh, Amish Paradise. Amish Paradise. And then there yes. was beef between them because, right. but then it turns out like, you know, looking back, it turns out that it was probably all staged. Right, so. which is a good way to kind of, uh, you know, you know, uh, Turn up some revenue and a little bit of attention for yourself. Uh, last, the one I wanted to look up, um, this is from the 1996 comedy, also starring America's dad, Tom Hanks, That Thing You Do. Best song ever in a movie. Fantastic, ever. right? Yeah, by The Wonders, of course. You did not see that movie and not sing that song for a week after. Fantastic. But again, it's a kind of 50s, early rock, doo-wop sort of Motown type of feel to it. Obviously, it's white guys doing it, but you kind of get that kind of feel for it, right? Uh, they're all super cool wearing the same suits with the Ray-Ban glasses and everything. And, and if I, I remember it. right, it's the only song that you hear in the movie. I believe that's right. You that's hear like little bits need. and pieces of other songs, but it's the only song that you hear yes. in the soundtrack. And it's just, I, I, went, I saw that movie in the Dartmouth Mall, and I immediately left the theater and went to the record store and bought the cassette. Oh, nice. Nice. I love that. I love that. I, one of my favorite things was, as a kid was going to, um, you know, if, whether it was FYE or I'm trying to think of what other major. Strawberry? Strawberries was another yep. good one. And going to the top 20 rack and seeing, mm-hmm. like, who was climbing and who was, like, low. Because you didn't, couldn't just, like, go on the internet and look it up at that point. Like, nope. I, So I always, that was, like, one of my favorite things. My, words and music. That was the place that had my heart. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Late, great. I love that. So that, that wraps up my list. I'm sure we're missing some. If you have any out there, yeah, let us know at ChangeOurMindPod yes. on Twitter. And um, yeah, by all means. Uh, so that brings us to our, that, that my list is concluded as well. Uh, that brings us to our three v three, which uh, Tim has not gotten a chance to partake in one of these yet. So for those who've been listening to the show yes. and maybe missed last week, although. Uh, by the numbers, a lot of people didn't miss last week. Um, we, we have changed you. over from a 2v1 format, at least for now, to a 3v3 format where we have three characters on each side. And we're picking who's going to win the battle because I felt I felt like we were getting I was getting in a bit of a rut where that third character just right wasn't what the odd we, man out exactly. So I'd rather have it where we have six characters involved, which is going to lead to overlap sometimes. But there's a lot of characters out there. But we can throw in some bad ones in there to th- to affect things. So on one side, we don't really have many weak ones in the course of this week. So on one side, we have Django Fett. Of course, I say a bad one in Django Fett. Yeah. Uh, Riot from the Venom movie, obviously a symbiote. But Django Fett is probably better than Boba Fett. Boba Fett doesn't really do much. He's a very, very cool character. But he doesn't really do much, right? Doesn't he always fail, like, in everything he does? I mean, he helps them capture Han Solo. He helps the Empire capture Han Solo. As he much gets as away. Vader's there, too. 
Um, yeah, he gets away. He ends up dying because Luke and everything at with the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you look at it that way, Jango Fett was better than yeah. Boba Fett because he fought. Bo- the Legend fought of Boba Fett was bigger than the actual. The Legend of Boba Fett, a hundred percent. The Legend of Boba okay. Fett is definitely bigger than his father. Although his father was a badass too. Um, just in the course, of the, they both died in the first movies that you see him in. Actually, Boba Fett lives in two movies. Uh, but anyways, then Riot from Venom. Then we have Batman. Obviously, everybody knows who that is. On the other side, we have Raven from DC Comics. Many know her from uh, Titans and Teen Titans. Um, then there's Carnage, who's also a symbiote. Uh, and was it Woody Harrelson is expected to play him eventually? <laughs> With his red uh, clown hair piece. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's... it's, it's <laughs> the Ronald McDonald hair. Not uh, terribly inaccurate. And then uh, Darwin from X-Men First Class. So for those who don't remember him, he died because Wes initially couldn't remember him, mm-hmm. and he was um, he was the first character to die in that movie when Kevin Bacon's character comes and tries to take away some of the first class members, which he does with the girl who was, I believe, an adult, was a stripper, and she was she had she could fly. You remember oh, what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. She yeah. ended up leaving mm-hmm. with him, and he ended up killing Darwin by throwing you know like a ball of energy sure. into his mouth, and then Darwin has the ability to. Um, reactive evolution is his power so he Mm -hmm. can like change the skin into metal stone all this kind of stuff so my question uh wes do you want to go first or do you want tim to pick a side first okay so let me just make sure i got this so we got oh yeah jango fett we got batman and we got riot yes against uh Raven raven from dc yep and then we have carnage carnage and then darwin and darwin See, now, my initial thought when I put this on Twitter is I thought Carnage would be a great defensive utility because he can do almost just about anything. Mm-hmm. And he's crazy. A little bit of a loose cannon. A little bit. Uh, and Darwin, again, very defensive in his uh, abilities as well, being able to create pretty much going as hard as stone, hard as a rock. Rock hard, if you will. Mm, rock hard, yeah. Uh, and Raven, from uh, your explanation, is like... Bit of a you know telepathy, telekinesis, she's manipulation, got, mind manipulation. She can fly. Got some underworld. She's got some connections to hell and everything like okay. that. To demons. She's she might be, she might be the most powerful character here. So I think just through the process of the elimination, that initially caught my eye because Batman, though a master detective. I don't know how much detective work he's going to be doing in this because if it's like a three-on-three in the middle of like an open field sort of thing, mm-hmm. he's there. Now, he's got cool gadgets. He's got cool weapons. He has amazing resources. But he's kind of limited. He doesn't have any powers. No. Oh, yeah, right. I think Riot, uh, you know, is a formidable foe. Mm-hmm. But I hate that guy in that movie. Fair enough. Uh, I think he's a huge, huge dweeb. I don't I think, think I can be on his side. I think it's a great... Seriously, I'm not even... I, Dead honest, I think it's a great movie to go against. Reason to go against the character, just because yeah. because he's so friggin' annoying. What were you gonna say, Tim? I was gonna say the real riot isn't attached to that guy. Okay, right. So, yeah. I mean, if you're basing it on the movie guy, then yeah, based on whatever you want, that's yeah. fine. Wait, I don't, I'm not as familiar with Riot. I'm not a big Venom guy. This is my three v three. No, no, You're I'm three v v. No, I'm just, I'm just v, asking for, v. I'm just putting it out there for clarification purposes. Oh. Uh, and then uh, who's in Django Fett? I'm not a big Star Wars guy. I could throw him to the side. So give me, I want the defensive utility with the possibility of Carnage just losing his control and just going nuts on everybody. Yeah, because it could end up being where Carnage is alone at the end here. Tim, uh, who which side are you taking? That's the same reason I'm taking that same team because Carnage just bites everybody's heads off. Yeah. So, so you're taking Carnage's team. 
Yeah, no, I'm taking Carnage. He's going to kill his own teammates, too. Right, okay. that'll probably happen. And then I have to be, that's going to buy me enough time to get the hell out of wherever that is. Mm-hmm. So we're going, it's really a 3v2v1. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so before I read, before I give my um, my predict my choice in this, uh, we have Doctor uh, at Doctor Joe Gilmore Backcracker on Twitter. Of course, uh, Darwin is a nerd. Team Batman all day. We have Pop Goes the Culture at PGTC Podcast. Batman wins. Batman always wins. And it's a good. It's a strong point. I mean, Batman is the most compelling case in that in that group. Which is why I think he's the weakest link in that whole group. Yeah, but there's a lot of love well, for, for Django. Him, a lot of people. Fett? Django Fett can fly. But Batman can do whatever the hell he's he wants. Got grappling this is why guns. This is unbelievable. Batman has his name. See, you know what's funny is when Christian Bale first took on Batman. Everybody was like, "Oh, Batman this, Batman that." And me being the a hole that I am, I was like, "All right, guys, like I get it. Batman can't lose. Like, what makes him so cool?" But now everybody wants to see Batman lose all the time because nobody wants that character who, as much as he's relatable in a way because he's a human being, no people don't like how smart he is and how he is unstoppable. I like that about him now. I, I appreciate Batman a lot more than no, I used I, to. I don't. It's not that I don't. I'm it just saying like in, in that particular in that particular grouping. He, I find him to be the one that has the weakest. The weakest. What is Batman's greatest strength? His, his brain, mind, right? What, what's gonna, dude? I've seen Deadpool. But how take, good is I've his seen, mind if if I've Carnage seen, has already eaten it? I've seen Deadpool take on Carnage. You're telling me Batman can't kick his ass? Come on, nah. let's be real. Yeah, but Deadpool can regenerate. That's not what why Deadpool's kicking his ass. Deadpool's kicking his ass because he he figures out that sound is gonna go and throw off a symbiote, and it's very simple. Boom. Okay, well set. that's a strong argument, but then you're then also taking out one teammate. of your strongest yeah. teammates. I understand, right? That's a, that's a problem. But I'm, and then but you still have to deal with Raven. I'm sure Batman is figuring out how it's not going to affect Riot or how he can contain it in the course of the fight, so it doesn't it doesn't impact Riot. Uh, see, I, Raven's I it's the a, biggest. That's a strong point on the sound. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Strong point. The, Raven is the biggest X factor in the course of all because she is the most powerful. She's smart. But she can get be emotional at times. I think she can also be not emotional at all. But I think that she she is the biggest problem. She was not originally in this format, but I I, I honestly I stacked the deck on that other side. I think Darwin is. I think personally, if I'm power ranking this, Django Fett's probably six. Darwin's probably number five in the course of this all. I just think Batman with prep time he doesn't lose. I mean, we've seen it now in the right in in writing more often where he runs into adversity and struggles. Seen it now with some of the new stuff in the DC Black Label was it last last night on Earth, but I just can't imagine Batman losing in this fight. And mm-hmm. normally, how we interpret him. Um, but anyways, so the like we always have those come out on Thursday. If you guys have an opinion, let us know at Change My Mind Pod. We always retweet uh, if you guys are looking for a little extra yeah. pub. Um, and Get you that have, cloud up, baby, cloud chase. Exactly. Now. I'm going to go with my on my mind first because it's going to be quick, and I really want to hear what Wes has to say about Rocket Man. So for those watching on the uh, YouTube, uh, the 1420 WBSM YouTube stream, you've already seen this shirt that I wear. You guys know that I wear shirts, uh, like graphic T-shirts all the time. Yeah. Um, no hat today, though. No. I Yeah. I, I, I forgot it. And a day, no less, where you could, could have used it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I uh, left- Don't want to re- mess up that TV hair, that great TV hair that you got. Oh, uh, thanks. Yeah. I you know, I had to go up to Brandeis today, and it threw me mm-hmm. off completely. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, um, but this shirt that I have, and I have another one that I have I tweeted out about, I will be wearing that probably next time, is from uh, By Your Terms, our friend Mitchie B on of Twitter. Um, you can order their shirts- uh, 
by emailing them, shopwithbyt at gmail.com, buyyourterms.com is their website. They also I got it on Etsy um, mm-hmm. personally, and I know they have a store on there, just shirts, buy your terms. But they got good stuff, good prices on their shirts, it too. Looks, it looks great. They right. got some, do some great screen printing there. It's yeah. very clean. So for those very who are, simple. Yeah, for those who are audio-based with this show, this one reads, um, Welcome to New Asgard. What does it say? Please, Please drive slowly. Please drive slowly, yes. Which, uh, you know, if you're familiar, New Asgard is from, of course, Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Now, the leader of uh, the king of the Asgardians, the queen, if you will, mm-hmm. is, uh, why, why am I blanking? Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Yeah. Yes, that is correct. And I also got another one, Han Solo, uh, Space Cowboy, as my- uh, Oh, very nice. Is, so I'll wear that next time. I'll but, be excited for that one. Yeah, but what I'm excited about- Yes. Is your your um, your take on Rocketman, because I knew you were excited about this. Yes, Rocketman. So I've uh, I've become a big fan of Taron Egerton recently, and uh, as soon as I heard that this movie was coming out, I remember seeing the extended trailer where they play the Rocketman music video of actual, like Taron actually like singing and playing and recording it, and you kind of see like the behind the scenes look. And then they show him at Dodger Stadium, you know, with the show in the uh, trailer and everything. Mm-hmm. I immediately wanted to see this movie. I thought it was going to be great. Again, big Elton John fan. Um, and they just they just go through such a great job. You know, I think the guys at Mac and Goo podcast kind of really summed it up great. Maybe it was Mac in particular. Um, it's what Bohemian Rhapsody should have been. They explored, you know, all of his taboo lifestyles. Uh, obviously, being a gay man uh, at a time that wasn't really, uh, you know, accepted, it was supposed to be shunned, and then no one really, you know, there were rumors of it, but no one really ever questioned, despite how flamboyant that he was. Um, I also didn't realize that he had like five percent of the total music sales in the world at certain points in time. Really, I like think he accounted for five percent of it, which was just um, unbelievable. Yeah, he took the world by storm. Came from a horrible family, uh, which I love. It doesn't exactly follow his life from what I was told. It kind of jumps around. It definitely has some surreal aspects to it. Mm-hmm. Like at one point he turns into a rocket, like a physical rocket, and then he's like sh- shooting off into space, you know? So it's kind of like on the musical type of feel. Okay. Um, which, again, just to kind of jump back into some movie soundtracks, uh, Grease and Saturday Night Fever would probably be on there just out of, uh, you know, the, the impact that they had at the time. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, fantastic movie. My most... Favorite movie I've seen to date. Uh, it has been the most enjoyable movie experience of the year. This has. Yes. Over Endgame. Yeah, because my thought That's process was uh, Endgame, like, when I say enjoyable movie experience of the year, uh, Endgame was very stressful. It wasn't as, you know, it's obviously serious. The tone is much different. They have light moments. Uh, but this, while it does deal with some uh, low points in his life and everything, is really just a fun, upbeat movie, I would say, for the majority of it. So the end, end game was stressful because you were worried about... Because it was the stakes. The stakes were so high. So okay. you come in, obviously the anticipation is building for a year after seeing uh, Infinity War. You're waiting for it. You're waiting for it. You're wondering what's going to happen. You're invested into all these characters. This, I just came in wanting to be entertained. Okay. So you ex- that was the other thing I was most curious about. So you went in there... With expectations, and I would like a rating on this out of you, too. Yeah. Um, so you went in with expectations. Would you say your expectations were met? No, exceeded. Exceeded. Okay, so what... And you- I had high expectations. Solid 98. Fantastic I'm- movie. The, the little kid Elton John is great. Uh, like I said, Taron Egerton is great. Like, everyone's... It's just... I, I really enjoy it. I could, I, would, I could go back and watch it again. It's a fun, enjoyable movie. And you're an Elton movie. John guy, too, so that's... Yeah. So it's a, like So that's a... 
that's a convincing 98 too. That's wow. Yeah, so I think you know if we're going back, Endgame was a 96 for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm stunned that it was that bit. That was I. I loved it again. You know, I might be a little bit more biased, a little bit more prone coming in being a you know an Elton John fan. No, but if anything was, it's like someone who reads the book. Yeah. It's like I have this set of expectations, and you got to, You better freaking. Read I thought them. he did a good job, and like when when I showed the uh, initial trailer slash music video to my fiance uh, Julia, who made her podcast debut last week, right? She had said, uh, you know, he sounds different. Like I'm not sure if I'm into it. She was completely blown away by, by it. Had a great time. We had a few drinks in us beforehand. Uh, you know, brought a few nips in, had a good time. When do you, you not know? bring nips into a movie? Like uh, this? It's very rare. Right. It's exactly. very rare. Always do. So you know, that adds to the enjoyment factor of it, but. You know, uh, going back, Taron Egerton, who also starred in um, Kingsman. Yeah, which I haven't uh, seen. With the second one where Elton John comes in as a cameo. So that's where I think this kind of started. So when he had a conversation about playing Elton John, he talked to Elton John and they said, don't try to be like me, make it your own. You know, don't don't try to like sound exactly like me. Uh So just kind of be yourself and kind of let the role kind of come in. And of course, he adopts a lot of mannerisms and a lot of things. And what's really great is that they uh, recreate, like, all the costumes and everything that, that he wore and the, from, like, different iconic photos and different iconic um, uh, but, concerts. Do they have the boots from Tommy? Uh, could be. So, uh, like, the fish yeah. had, like, fish tanks in them, I think? I believe so. Maybe he's no, a pinball wizard. Not, not the, um, not, not fish in them, but they had, like, high platform mm-hmm. boots and shoes with, like, the, uh, the, he- the high heels and everything. But at the end, they show... Uh, when the credits are rolling, um, like a picture from the original photograph of Elton John next to like a screenshot uh, from the movie of Taron Egerton wearing the same thing in the oh. scenes. And, and it's like perfect. You know, it's it's just great. That's cool. Yeah. Is there anything else about the movie that I should know or that you wanted to share? Because I don't... I, like ruining I don't... the ending? Well, yeah. Yeah, right. Well, uh, you know, he... <laughs> Here, a couple spoilers for you. One, it turns out he's gay. Yeah, <laughs> what? Uh, that's it. Uh, but he marries a woman for a little bit of time. That, I have heard that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's okay. Is, is there anything that you wanted? I mean, warning. Is there anything that you wanted to spoil f- from the movie? For uh, yeah, he doesn't write his own songs. <laughs> that was a spoiler. <laughs> that too, was, yeah. yeah. That was that's a spoiler. Uh, well, I didn't know that actually. That was so, like one thing I didn't know. Oh, okay. I think I heard it somewhere else. I don't know why. So yeah, that is not a big. Well, we had said me. it earlier in the episode too. Oh, maybe yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. That was like two like hours ago. Though, I feel so. like I'd heard it somewhere else. But anyways, um, so so that's gonna wrap things up for this show. Next week, Wes, we had talked about um, I we know- done Toy Story, Toy Story Four. Yeah, which I, I, like yeah, we could do. But you don't seem into it. I mean, you. Weren't... I like the basketball idea. So you that's wanna... okay. Best basketball movie draft character. So you want to do okay, okay. So the the idea I had was starting uh, five head coach, six man. I'm fine with that. Or. Do we do it where we take like the comic book characters now? Obviously, you, movies, whatever, mm-hmm. and we draft them. Oh, that could teams. be interesting. We could do we now. We could always do one now and do another later. It's yeah, your, we we did the other way first. So maybe we do your way first. Let's do that. Okay, yeah. we'll do your way first. Oh yeah. Okay, sounds good. All right, so we're gonna do a draft of basketball movie characters next week in lieu of. NBA free agency starting up. Yes, of course. Cannot wait for my life to get even busier. Yeah, I love when we intersect things, you know? Of course. All right. Intersection. Until next week, then? Yeah, I'd say so. 